as I welcome you this evening um, uh, and also appreciating fellow South Africans who may be joining us uh, from different uh, uh, platforms. Uh, I take the opportunity to officially open this portfolio committee on communications, uh, but also to just indicate that in terms of the agenda, we have two items. Firstly, which will be the briefing from CETA on their APPs. Thereafter, would uh, uh, just uh, just remind Mr. Hendricks if it's it's him to to mute the mic so that they were able to proceed. Um, so thereafter, it will be uh, the USASA USAF. Uh, APP presentation. Uh, the approach we will take honorable members, it's important to remind ourselves all the time that uh, we have received the presentations well on time. Uh, the intention is to give members more time to engage uh, and therefore we do not take the presentation uh, blow by blow, but allow first uh, the deputy minister or acting minister, uh, if uh, if the acting minister is available, we, that's what we usually do to just do an overview, and thereafter it will then be uh, the highlights of the presentation uh, from the entity concerned. In this instance, because we'll start with CETA, it will then be CETA after the DMS standard. Uh, uh, now, in that score, we will then take questions uh, from members on the first presentation. Uh, once that is done, we'll then take again the deputy minister or acting minister, depending on who will be there at the time, to also do the same. Just a brief overview uh, and therefore get to the highlights of the presentation. We do all those in 20 minutes on each so that we have more time for members uh, to engage. Uh, I hope we do understand that point. Uh, but another point to just uh, remind ourselves is that uh, because we are also uh, being watched elsewhere, please try, try to make it a point that when you speak, at least your camera remains on so that uh, they could also follow who is speaking and they can have a face to attach to, to the voice that uh, uh, is delivering the message. Uh, otherwise, for all other members who are not on the platform at the time, please let's just keep our mics muted until the time you are speaking to avoid sounds in the backgrounds that continue to uh, interrupt uh, the meeting. So if we can do that, uh, the meeting will move uh, a bit uh, smooth. We'll uh, acknowledge uh, members as, as we get an update. I do see that uh, finally, uh, Honorable uh, Hendricks has actually, Hendricks has actually joined uh, the meeting. We're told that he will be also joining uh, the meeting from the Al-Jama party. Uh, we have got that indication. Uh, good evening, uh, 
as, as welcome you to the portfolio committee. I'll be updated if there are other members uh, of, of parliament who may be joining the committee or not uh, committee members. Otherwise, we have got all the reasons to proceed uh, with the meeting. Uh, DM, uh, today we will uh, also really mark the time uh, that immediately you you pass the time. We'll then say hey, your team is uh, now hitting us on time. <laughs> so it's uh, it's going to be your brief uh, opening remarks. Whatever time is left to get to the 20-minute mark, it is what will be shared by the presenters to highlight uh, matters that they want to highlight. Otherwise, we, we take the presentations to have been read by members because they received them well on time. Um, you ready, TM? Yes, Chairperson and Honourable Members, if I'm allowed, yes. Thank you, um, you are welcome. You. you will also introduce the teams as you speak, yes. Okay, thank you, Chair and uh, members of the PCC. Um, of course, I'm joined by the Administrator, Mr. Lufuyo Keise. Uh, I've seen the DG as well, and uh, there are other members that will also be participating probably from the CETA, our agency, guided by the, the, the administrator. I think just a quick one, Chair, is that all of us know that this entity or agency was established in 1999 uh, from D it, and it moved from DPSA to DTPS and now it's under DCDT. But also just uh, as one of the noting chairs that it is currently under administration, uh, our minister, Stellan Davini Abrahams on the 19th of December, 2019, if I'm not wrong, that's when uh, she put it under administration. I, honorable members will also recall that the president also gave a directive for certain departments to be reconfigured and that's why our department was also affected. And flowing from that reconfiguration, uh, as the department and the ministry, we also looked at all our entities and ensured that they are reconfigured. Uh, some, like, like CETA uh, specifically, have been uh, earmarked for repurposing. And our uh, Mr. Vuyo will then deal with that. The, and, and central to the repurposing of CETA is to move it from being a procurement agent to become a digital transformation partner of government. Uh, there has been a few challenges which uh, Mr. Vuyo will also speak to that have been confronting CETA. It's lack of competitiveness, especially on procurement and ICT services, that has been a challenge. It's cost effectiveness and turnaround time. And these are some of the things that Mr. Livio will also speak to. And most importantly, it's lack of deliberate program to incubate SMEs to become fully fledged entities that can compete with the IBMs and Microsoft Microsofts of this world. Of course, we have Gijima, we have CISO, we have others, whether EOH and so on, those are homegrown, but we would want CETA to do more. And it's one of the things that um, CETA will be looking at. Lessons learned from COVID-19 chair, 
CETA played a leading role in making sure that even under the circumstances, government continue to run through digital technology services, your virtual meetings that are taking place like now, um, especially meetings of cabinet, meetings of the National Command Council, and meetings of the Disaster Management Council that are taking place. CETA has been instrumental. Uh, the big question that we also need to look at uh, between ourselves and the department uh, and CETA is whether the security of classified information government is not. I'm not sure whether. Yeah, just as we said, those who are joining the meeting, make sure the, your mics are muted so that it doesn't interrupt uh, a speaker on the table. Please. Yeah, I think, I think there was a young fighter there, Chair. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Chair. Yeah, just, just make sure you mute. Chair, I was saying the big question has been, uh, especially for us in CETA, whether the security of classified information during this time of government is not compromised. So we have seen the Zoom meetings that were hacked. Uh, Parliament in particular has been a culprit on this one. So CETA is working towards, uh, and it's not alone on this one with the department and other collaborating with other departments to look at issues of cyber security. Uh, Chair, uh, for our entity to remain relevant, which is CETA, it's bringing about reforms that has to be responsive to the current trajectory of, of 4IR. And that's one of the things that uh, our, our administrator will talk to. And we really want to reclaim our trust and hope to our clients, primarily government departments, municipalities, the shareholder, which is DCDT industry, and the South African citizenry. Uh, so we, we also see CETA now wanting to move with agility to put together cloud computing services for government to ensure that data security and storage of government information is it's really secured. Um, Currently, we have just seen uh, CETA also embarking on a recruitment drive. Uh, Mr. Luvuyo will also tell you about that as an attempt to also deal with the uh, uh, capacity of CETA to deliver. But lastly, which is what also members should always keep in their minds, our entity has a program called Skills of the Future. It's a buzzer program for matriculants who want to pursue their ICT studies in varsities as an attempt to build a digital society. So those are some of the things that we think if we can implement this vision and repurpose it. Uh, coming in with the recruitment drive, we will reclaim our glory. Thank you, Chair. I'll give over to uh, Mr. Luvuyo to take you through uh, the programs. Thank you. Over to you, Ms. Uh, Kese. 
uh, in the uh, 15 minutes uh, you have between yourselves. Thank you. Ah, well, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair, DM members, um, and South Africans. I think to continue, Chair, from what the Deputy Minister has raised, I will start even from your slide three, and then I'll, I take the, the presentation as read, Chair. So the whole strategy from CETA more or less talks around your digital government platform ecosystem strategy, where CETA now more looks at how do we then become more of a digital company. And then more talking about how do we create cross-casting integrated uh, capabilities that are able to integrate government better, to provide more integrated services to government, to improve your overall citizen experience on how they work with, with government. Um, how do we then ensure that as new technologies come in, um, the whole digital government platform ecosystem enables government to be able to consume those services and technologies. But broadly beyond, how do we make sure as we do this, we then move away from a government that is more about tenders, but we're more looking at how do we then reuse the components, solutions, and services, and investments that government has implemented before, but also how do we then ensure that uh, the investments that government make now on technologies, irrespective of what tier of government, they then assist us in terms of achieving your overall uh, digital government blueprint in terms of technology. So that's what drives us. And to drive our APP, as briefly explained on slide four, there are about five or seven different areas that talk more to the repurposing of CETA. So you will see from slide four, talking about your R&D innovation and localization capability. So within that, what we are talking of, as the DM has raised, um, government seems to be buying a lot of solutions that are more international solutions. But there is less solutions that are in the government ecosystem that talk about homegrown solutions. So in our localization and innovation environment, we will then be looking at how do we partner and work with local solutions developers, system developers, how does CETA partner with your innovation hub, CSIR, and similar organizations so that we are able to take homegrown solutions, customize them, and transversalize them so that they can then be able to be used across government. So that for simple things, when you talk about track and trace type capability solutions, we already have South African grown type solutions that are not transversalized, that are not implemented across government, that are not utilized. So we want to see how do we move from being consumers of technology where the focus is on selling licenses of software that comes from international markets, but we want to look at how do we create space within the government ecosystem where CETA can now partner with your local software developers there are institutions and universities that are also doing some form of local solutions development. So we're looking into that in terms of the innovation and localization and R&D stream. So in terms of digital government, um, the chair would then understand that CETA has developed almost more than 55 e-government related services. But government is not transacting on most of those solutions. So the focus for this financial year is not on CETA uh, developing more e-government, more in-enablement services. 
but the key focus is to ensure that can government transact on the solutions that are already developed? Can we make those solutions work better so that we don't just develop things that are not being utilized by government? So that's then where the focus would be more than anything else. How do we ensure that whatever then the investment that has been made before is utilized? We're making that decision because we know from the more than 55 solutions that CETA has developed, little of those are being used transversally by government today in terms of day-to-day transactions, although those solutions work. So we'll be looking into that. In terms of your cybersecurity information security paradigm, um, CETA will then be looking at building your proper security operations center, cybersecurity capabilities, so that we can assist government in terms of protecting the information and the data for government. DM touched in terms of what CETA has done to enable government. So for argument's sake, your video conferencing type solutions that government utilizes, I mean your cabinet, your NCC, your NAT joints, those are your more secure solutions that are running on CETA's cloud not the open solutions that have been uh, attacked, including the Zoom that has been attacked, both being used um, by members of parliament and also by some ministries. But CETA has then ensured that we secure some of the solutions that we support, that we say must be utilized by government as part of improving our security. And then we'll also be looking into all of the solutions that government and other parties use, like the like the Microsoft Teams that we are using today, to secure it better. Also ensure that it runs on a CETA secure cloud platform so that we can then guarantee not only the security of the solution, but CETA can also secure that the data residents, that the data that sits in this solution sit in a protected government secure environment. So we're putting investment on that. And part of the investment is also to ensure your key government clients, like your security cluster, CETA should then be working with them. And you already have agreements with some of the departments in the security cluster in terms of cybersecurity services that we're providing to them. And all the services that you'll be providing to them are services who are already working and some are already approved by your security establishments. That includes your SSA and the rest of the Cybersecurity Response Council of the, of, of, of the country. So we're working on that. So our APP talks to those targets. So that by the end of the year, there must be a capability that is built within CETA, where CETA can now offer your proper security, cybersecurity offering to government. We can then have a proper security operations center sitting within government. Unlike what uh, the members might have then seen or read in newspapers about government always outsourcing this service to um, the industry. We are now looking at building that capability. And by the end of the financial year, CETA would have developed that capability and also provide services um, to government departments in that, in that space. In terms of your industry transformation and your procurement, it's linked to our innovation and localization capability. You will then see in the performance plan for the last financial year, CETA and the, and, the, and the five years before, CETA has done little in terms of ensuring there is your proper um, transformation of the industry, but more importantly, where we can then ensure that a bigger portion of the government spend on technology goes to your SMME 
there is people that are disabled, women and the rest. So part of what we have done now to then ensure that we are able to enforce where possible that at least minimum 30% of the spend of government on technology goes to SMMEs. We are going back to the basics where CETA now, as we have started now implementing simple basic contract management enforcement policies to ensure that anyone who gets a contract, an IT services contract through CETA for government, who then signs and agrees to us that they will subcontract X percentage of their work to SMMEs. CETA will now do an enforcement of that, meaning any of those service providers that then get that service to CETA will now be forced to ensure that on quarterly basis they submit financial reports to CETA. That indeed confirm that they don't only stop at confirming their subcontracting during the tender stage and they don't go ahead and implement those services. So we've seen that, that CETA has no view of whether the service providers we contract indeed do uh, give the real work that they have signed in their contracts to the necessary contractors. Hence now, we are now enforcing that. And there are critical programs um, like your broadband distribution, your broadband development, where now CETA has been able to agree with most of the industry that for those specific work, we are even increasing the threshold that must then be able to go to your SMME partners. And we will also then be monitoring that in terms of the enforcement model that we're going to do. Yam also spoke in terms of the capability and capacity. One of the main things that makes CETA not to be able to provide thought leadership services to government is part of the lack of critical thought leadership capability, stability within the leadership space in CETA. So when I arrived uh, at CETA on the 28th of January, almost 70% of all senior management positions were And that percentage has been there for the last few years. So you can't have an organization that can be able to deliver proper services where you have this too much Hollywood within the leadership structures of the organization. So we have already started doing that. Uh, fixing those problems. But also as part of that, there are critical key skills that CETA lacks, which we are now targeting as part of the recruitment drive of CETA. So those talk to your commercialization skills that CETA does not have, your cybersecurity, your data analytics skills that CETA needs to have, your technology solutions architect skills that CETA needs to have in order for it to be able to drive 4IR and your digital revolution implications. So that we have also implemented as part of our recruitment drive, and that is indicated in terms of our skills development plan that is there within um, our MTTF plans. Financially, I think the key issues, Chair, just to manage my 15 minutes, part of the main challenges for CETA was that you had an organization that for nine months of the financial year is basically giving free loans to government where it provides services to government, especially your big customers for government, and they only start paying us on the last quarter of the financial year. So we have now reviewed that to ensure that by the end of the first quarter, all government departments would have signed SLAs with CETA, and all government departments would have started paying the invoices for CETA not later than end of June to ensure that CETA then does not become a target to be bailed out by government. 
but the services that we provide to government, they should be able to sustain the organization. And we can confirm to the portfolio committee that up to uh, Monday, at least 85% of the SLAs that we need to sign for government have now been signed. And we will ensure that by the end of this month, all the SLAs that we need to sign are now signed. Part of the most important thing about ensuring that we get into SLAs being signed by our clients is so that also they can hold us accountable in terms of the service delivery. So as part of the SLA implementation, we will now also be holding government accountable to say we must have SLA delivery meetings so that they can manage us on how we deliver the services and vice versa. So we'll also be implementing those things as part of our plans as we work with government. And on the latter part, um, we, we know that the, there is a likelihood of the financials for the rest of our departments being affected in terms of the budget that's going to be reviewed and resubmitted um, to government. We believe in terms of the SLAs that we have signed now, that CETA should be able to financially have reserves to sustain itself for this financial year. And, and, and therefore for that, the budget that we have submitted and the plans that we have submitted, we believe as an organization, we will then be able to deliver on those. We don't really believe there will be drastic issues that will affect our capability to manage our funds and our cash flow. We can then close chair by saying, we understand the cash flow position for CETA, especially for the last two years, where CETA was going into your negative 700 million um, on this cash availability. We know now that we have turned that to positive for the last financial year, and we have similar plans to ensure that going forward, CETA then doesn't go back to your negative free cash and cash flow availability spend. And in closing, for the investments that CETA has made over the last three years, the greater focus for this financial year is to ensure on investments that include your cloud, your data center resources that you have made available, that now we see utilization um, of that investment. We see utilization of the services that have been deployed. And part of then our plans and our budget is geared around ensuring before we invest on more things, we start getting what we have invested on being utilized by government. And the current indicative plans and the proposals we've received from government departments, at this point, they indicate to us their willingness to consume the services that uh, we have developed for now. I guess, Chair, I would rather stop there, but we will answer all the questions that the honorable members has, taking that they have read the full presentation you have made available to them. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Kese, uh, and, and the DM for the presentation. I will be taking honorable members who have already indicated that they would want to speak and those that uh, uh, will be additional uh, in that score. I had uh, noted uh, that uh, Honorable uh, Hendricks would have uh, joined the meeting. I had acknowledged him, but he also wanted uh, to use the opportunity to ask a question. So I have seen it on the chat that you 
you would have indicated that you'd want to ask a question. Uh, I think we are open to that. Uh, I'll note you. Honorable Fakou's uh, end also up. She, she has also indicated on the system. Honorable uh, Kubeka is raising a hand. Uh, can I also check uh, Honorable uh, Mulala? Uh, Honorable uh, Fandam. So I'll just give you an order chair, uh, now. Chair, chair. Yes. Can I can, can I, I also be listed? Uh, can you note me, please, Chair? Uh, is that com uh, is that uh, Honorable? Um, yes, Pambo. it is Comrade Pambo. <laughs> yes, Chair. <Thank> <laughs> okay, All right. Uh, can I just uh, note you properly again? We had uh, Honorable Hendricks. Uh, we have Honorable uh, Faku. Uh, we have Honorable Phantom. We have got Honorable Kubeka. We have Honorable Pambo. Honorable Mlala. Uh, am I leaving any other name? No, it would appear that I've noted all. It, that's the order we'll take. Honorable Hendricks followed by Honorable Faku, Honorable Fandam, Honorable Kubega, Honorable Pambo, and then we'll have Honorable Mlala. Uh, thank, you very, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. I was very pleased to hear that we now uh, have the cloud, and I hope that uh, this will now enable uh, Parliament to make use of uh, 5G, uh, which, as you know, can be used if you have uh, a cloud facility. I was a member of the uh, Joint Committee on Intelligence when we approved their budget. And earlier today, we also listened to a presentation of the Special Investigating Unit. I'm very disappointed that those uh, two entities of government have not been assisted by CETA with regard to artificial intelligence, with regard to robotics, with regard to Internet of Things and not using the opportunities that exist, which other countries and other parliaments are using all over the world. So I understand that uh, uh, CETA wants to become a Microsoft, and uh, that is a, a vision all of us will share. But if they are not going to provide parliament and government departments with these basic uh, elements of the fourth industrial revolution, then, uh, you know, they better tell us what progress is being made. Otherwise, uh, we will be far behind. So I hope I will get some answers to my concerns that vital departments in government uh, are not uh, ready, are not savvy enough uh, to use uh, what I referred to earlier on, artificial intelligence, robotics. I don't see any robots uh, in the room. And uh, one would have expected by now that we would have been, we'd advanced to that stage. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. Honorable Fagu. Thank you, Chairperson. Greetings to yourself, to Honorable Members, to Deputy Minister DG and his team. Uh, first of all, let us appreciate the presentation from CETA. You know, I think for a long time as a committee, we have not been happy with the work of CETA. We were also shocked when the administrators were appointed, but after this presentation, one has hope that really, really um, 
the purpose of uh, repositioning CETA is the strategy is very good. I'm very much impressed of what we have listened to Mr. Deise presenting. I'm more inter- uh, excited about the issue of localization. You know, our government have been talking about this thing that we need to support local uh, local businesses. So when you do localization for me, you it's very good. And especially on your strategy, on your strategy on program five, when it talks about procurement and 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 procurement in the industry transformation, I think that is very good. That is what we want to see in the sector. We want to see transformation. But also, I like the pointers that you are coming up, Mr. Taser, with when you talk about the issue of contracting, because with CETA, this was a serious problem with CETA in the past, where departments would not pay in time. But now that you have established this essay, I'm much excited about that. But it must not only about you having a service level agreement, but also you must meet the time frame of offering the services to your clients. Um, on the issue of cybersecurity that you are going to establish a center, I wanted to ask you, do you have the necessary skills? Do you have the necessary skills currently here that you are currently recruiting? Because before you had people who did not want to come to CETA, but now with the strategy that you are coming up with, I'm excited, but I would want to hear more about that. So once you do the contracting, I think we would not have departments who will come to fiscal dumping at the end of the financial year. So it is a process that you really need to manage on that one. Uh, For now, I think I'll, I'll stop there. Thanks. Thank you, Chairperson, and good evening, everyone. Um, thank you for the presentation. Um, I just, sorry, I just need to open the document with my questions. Yeah, I'm also very concerned about the SIU investigation um, following the CETA not awarding that cybersecurity tender to the, sorry, not procuring the the um, cyber security services for the Houteng government. What have you found thus far as the administrator? If you could point us to what went wrong with that specific procurement, um, and have you, since you've been in office from December, found other questionable um, tenders that need to be looked at? Um, yeah, that's that's it for now. Oh, yeah, sorry, another question. Um, you speak a lot about innovation, which is an important thing. So what I would have liked to see part of your presentation is talking about the short, short term. So the country is in lockdown. It will probably be in lockdown for the next while. So it would have been good to see what some of your thinking is with regards to the new normal. What will CETA do to make sure that people in our townships, in formal settlements, have access to, you know, being able to work from home, being able to access information? What kind of thinking, if you could just let us into your thinking, um, how are you going to contribute to the new normal? How are you going to contribute to make sure that um, South Africans can have access to information? Thanks, Jane. Uh, thank you, Chair. Let me also appreciate uh, the 
tabling of the presentation today. Uh, it shows, as uh, Honorable Faku said, now is trying to encourage us uh, in the portfolio because now we know that uh, every time we were having a frustration on the side of, of, of CETA. So I will appreciate on that side to uh, the administrator. And also let me appreciate because I can hear that on the issue of the bursaries for the matriculants, they have considered in order that they must uplift on the side of the ICT and also on the side of the 10% for the SMMEs also is good because now we want to see at least a, a, a little bit of a, a turnaround on the side of our uh, SMMEs. And uh, what I want to say, I want to say to the administrator, we will just uh, be patient to watch and make a follow-up because I can hear he's saying on the side of the APPs, they will manage to meet also the targets uh, they are on the right track. But also what I would like to say on the issue of the vacancies, uh, I would like also that the, the, the administrator, they must take into consideration to say it's key. You can't just work as you are limping. That's one of the other key things that they need to, to, to take into consideration. So on those things, we are still appreciating, but we don't want it to be so much vocal. We are saying we will work with uh, uh, the administrator to whatever that is presenting to us, especially on the side of that, uh, the procurement and the industry. That's where we want to see the, the, the transformation, actually. So we are happy because we can see that they are napping on those key issues that we want to see on it. I will come also on the sec uh, uh, second round, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Kubeka, I will now uh, call Honorable Pambo to make uh, his input. Thank you very much, Chair. Can you hear me? Can hear you, Honorable Pambo. Chair, I'm, I'm, most, I'm mostly interested in how we've arrived at having CETA under administration. Uh, one would be interested in hearing how that process was undertaken when the DM was giving a presentation just now. Uh, she made mention that it was the um, you know minister that is now in suspension. Uh, I would ask that maybe we be taken that process because if it's a unilateral uh, decision, why then someone would think that uh, you know process should follow and that's at uh, the point of administration. Yeah, that's number one. Number two is that I would also like to jump on to the question around what you know CETA is trying to do. Uh, if you have departments, um, you know, with Homer, yeah, just check your connection, uh, you know, um, a, a challenge of lines because. You know their systems. Their systems are there. now that we're in COVID. Honorable Pambo, we are losing you. Chair. Better now. Chair. Better. Yes, quite better. Hello. Can you hear me? Chair? Yes, can hear you now. Quite better. Am I, am I clear now, Chair? Yes. 
So let me take it back on uh, Van Damme. Yes. Can you hear me now, sir? Yes. No, I'm, okay. I'm struggling okay. to hear. I, I hope you I'm struggling to hear and see you. How we arrived at having Sita under administration. Okay, can you hear me now, sir? Chef? I'm sure other members will indicate. I'm struggling on my side to hear and see you. Hello? We can hear, Chef. Chef? I can hear and see you. Can you hear me now? I'm out. I've, moved, I've even tried to move outside, Chef. Hello? The camera. Chef? We can't see you, Honorable Mpambo. Even the the, the, the speaker Hello? is. Yes, we can try to hear you at the moment. The camera, please. You can hear me now. Yeah, yes, Honorable Mpambo, we can hear you. Proceed to speak. Uh, I'm sorry. If you, if your camera is on, it should also come out as you connect better. Uh, proceed. I think uh, we have lost uh, Honorable Pambo for now. We'll uh, now call on uh, Honorable Mlala. We'll reconnect uh, again in the in the second round. Honorable uh, Mulala. Uh, thanks, Chairperson. Uh, and Tatuka uh, is thanks for the presentation. Uh, Deputy Minister, uh, good evening. And uh, my colleagues. My, my first question uh, relates to your presentation, Tatuka uh, Usi. I think maybe also, let me first say that uh, you presented a quite marvelous uh, presentation. Uh, it's very impressive. Uh, from where I'm sitting, I think I'm impressed with how you were making up. You seem to be knowing uh, a lot about uh, this industry. <clears throat> my, my first question would be uh, around uh, the issue that you raised on uh, repurposing, buying solutions, uh, international state of local uh, and you were diplomatic you were not uh, specific but what you were saying is that uh, government departments are not cooperating are not buying your solutions uh, but you said it in a very diplomatic way similarly on e-government services you say why are departments not utilizing the services so I want you to be clear so that we know uh, where you have hurdles, uh, where possibly Parliament can assist. <clears throat> but I want you to be clear on that. And then the second issue is on controls and securities. Uh, you spoke about, uh, uh, in your presentation largely, uh, you, were, you were still at the planning stage. 
you were going to do this, you're going to do this, it's fine. But on this one, my concern is that even the very platform that we are using now, uh, you are not saying it's, it's, it's under your control. You're still working on it. So, which means we are still far away from, uh, and in terms of your timelines, you are saying uh, by, by end of the year, uh, possibly uh, COVID-19 would have also vanished. I would have wished that uh, you work out much faster so that at least by the time we move out of this situation, all of us are, <clears throat> are connected in a secure uh, solution. <clears throat> The, the other issue that I wanted to raise, uh, it's in relation, this question will go to the deputy minister, because I wanted to know, deputy minister, uh, you see, uh, administration in government, in local government, I understand what it means, but I don't understand what it means in terms of uh, this entity. Can you clarify us whether... Uh, I, I know the, the appointment is a good one, Mr. Case. I can see he's got a lot of information and knowledge about the work he's doing. It's, this has got nothing to do with him. But Deputy Minister, can you explain to us uh, what is the role of the administrator now? Is he administering the administration of CETA or has he combined both the board's role and the administration? Uh, because once you say he's an administrator, uh, from a layman's language, uh, uh, language, it might mean that he has taken over everything in the city. Now, if you clarify that point so that we know uh, where and how, where should we ask questions? <clears throat> and maybe if you clarify that, I will be fine. Uh, and then the last question is, uh, the last presentation that we got from CETA, Government departments were owing CETA uh, the money ranging around uh, 500 million. I'm not sure it's 500 million. Yes, I think so. Uh, so uh, the administrator should also tell us how far is he in terms of recouping that money uh, from uh, various departments. Uh, so if they can give me that clarity, I'll come back later. Thank you, Honorable uh, Mulala. I just want to check if Honorable Pambo has been able to reconnect because I just wanted when the responses are made uh, on the first round of questions, uh, then the questions uh, that he, he was asking are noted. I think we did hear the first question, uh, but as he moved uh, forward, we couldn't uh, pick up. Honorable Pambo, are you connected back? I think we, st we we still have lost him, but the, the, the first question, as I said, would have been noted uh, properly, uh, which the DM would uh, respond to together with the question asked by Honorable Mulala uh, about uh, the clarity on the administration. Um, in, in, in that score, I will then now allow uh, responses in this first round of questions. Um, we'll be guided by you, DM, whether you want to come at <laughs> the end or or you would want to uh, in to a, a, an opening yes maybe maybe just on on one a, a direct uh, response from 
Honorable Malala and the members of the Portfolio Committee on what does it mean to put seats under administration and explain the role of the board and the administrator and so on. Can I ask for the PCC's indulgence because I don't really want to talk from common sense, but also be able to get um, a written response through the ministry to the PCC. Can, can I be allowed to do that so that we get the entire uh, response uh, in as far as uh, the minister is concerned on that matter? I just wanted to get uh, clarity, uh, TM, so that we know if we agree, what are we agreeing on? Uh, there's a point raised by Honorable Mulala which, as I said, I linked to the first question asked by Honorable Pambo. No, Honorable Pambo, with regard to what you said was the administrator's date as announced uh, last year. Uh, I think his issue is what does that mean, uh, but also in terms of law, uh, what 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 was done uh, in that score? So I'm just saying whether okay. you are saying both questions, uh, yeah. you want to respond in writing because of the consultations that may need to happen with the minister in this regard. So that's what I want to get so that we know yeah. that the administrator focuses on the matters uh, that relates to the presentation itself. Okay. Thank you, Chair. I think, yeah, let, let's let's take it in note, the, the legal processes and the legality thereof, and the dates and all other related things. Can the committee allow us to respond in writing so that uh, we have all the facts clear around the matter? Thank you very much, Chair. Chair? Is that Honorable Pambo? Yes, Chair. I, I, I think it's not only the, the, the process that we're only interested in, but also that the Deputy Minister also takes us through how we arrived at that decision, because um, the legality is one part of it, but also how that, uh, you know, that the leadership of, or rather the, the, the Minister, uh, how the Minister got to, uh, you know, to get to the decision to say, now we need to move to this, uh, you know, uh, a, a process of administration, or rather to have a, you know, a seat under administration. Firstly, it's obviously, uh, you know, evident that the committee does not know how we arrived at having CETA, uh, you know, under administration, which is extremely worrying. Uh, and I think that, you know, maybe we, we will also, you know, uh, supplement this question with a, a written sort of, uh, you know, form of, of questioning to, uh, uh, to the minister. But in this regard, I think it's very interesting, uh, might I add, that the, the, the committee does not know uh, and is only seeking, you know, clarity after, you know, the fact. And, and I thought, let me just throw it out there. Thanks, Chair. No, thanks, Honorable Pambo. I take it that Honorable Members do agree with the plea made by um, the Deputy Minister that uh, it will be important to get this in writing and that the portfolio committee will then put it as part of uh, its records. 
I take it that honourable members agree to to that. Chair, can um, I, yes, can I say something? Chairperson, I would agree to that, but I just want to say that uh, not all of us are not aware why the, why, why the administrator was appointed. We've been in this committee, maybe Mr. Pambo just joined us. There were other members from his party, maybe Chin. the M. So I think for, for, for our side that have been in the meetings, we know that when the minister issued a statement in, the, in regards to the appointment of the administrator, what was said, uh, as a committee, we did get that briefing uh, as a person that has been attending the committee's session. But I agree what DM is saying. Thanks. Uh, I think uh, that that's good if its members are correct so that it's not left to the chair at the end to correct it. Uh, I see Honorable Fandam agrees uh, on this one, uh, that they have a briefing. But we do agree with the DM uh, that it's better to come back to the committee and and report. Um, in that score, I will now allow um, Mr. Kaiser to respond and the team. Thank you, Honorable Chair and the members and uh, DM. So to go through all the questions, perhaps to start with your questions, Honorable Fandam, that you are asking. So how can CETA be saying we will be providing cybersecurity and SOC services? whilst on newspapers there are questions about CETA's inability to provide or to assist Gauteng Department to have a SOC service. And as you have all have read in the newspaper, then there is a 24-hour procurement of a SOC service. Can I then start by explaining to you simply that CETA is definitely fully cooperating with SIU. I have personally given the statements to SIU I have personally ensured that all information around when this contract started and the involvement of CETA, all of that is with the SI. And I can deliberate, I can directly confirm without any contradiction um, that CETA played no role in the matter that ended up going to SIU for investigation. But beyond that, what we are now doing as part of CETA is not only looking at what my one might call questionable procurement, but what I'm more looking at more than anything else is what is it that was procured for government? Are we using what was procured for government? So I started by saying CETA will not be spending too much time developing new solutions. Whilst we all know that um, government has spent billions of rents buying too many things but not all of those things are being utilized. Because of where we are, I may not go on all of them one by one, Um, but I can confirm to you, Honorable Fandam and members um, of the Portfolio Committee, that one of the main decisions CETA has then, I have then made in the two months I have been here, is to go through everything that was procured. And the simple question, why was it bought? Are we using it? who's using it, if it is not being utilized, why? So there are a number of contracts I can confirm to the committee that, that, that are costing hundreds of millions. I've already said I put a stop because I need to ensure that we use we recover the expenditure. So, so, so for me, there was a rationale why these things were bought. For me, I have a simple view. If you bought it, why are we not using it? If we are not using it, what is it that we need to do to ensure that we use it and people benefit from it. 
So in that, this includes even things we did not buy from private sector, but things that CETA developed itself. So I talked of more than 55 solutions that CETA developed, just to mention one of them. We have an e-recruitment solution that CETA developed more than three years ago. It's not being used today. And you ask your simple self, if we're in COVID today, we still need to recruit people, but there is a solution that is sitting gathering dust at CETA, but nobody wants to use it. But then you have departments that go and buy more ERP solutions that have an HR module, but CETA is sitting with a working um, e-recruitment solutions just to use that as a so it's part of then these decisions that CETA is making now to say, we will engage all government departments. So for that specifically, we have engaged DPSA to say, you have the mandate for HR. We have a solution that works. Uh, can you work with us to ensure that this solution is now deployed across government so that we can use? We can't wait for IFMS to start work in a year or two years or three years. I have services we need to deliver today and can we then utilize that investment? So that's the focus that we are now putting, and it's across the board. So it doesn't necessarily matter who the client is now what they are, but we want to ensure that these things that we talk of are being utilized. And so it covers across. So when you then ask about what are the short-term solutions that CETA is implementing for COVID and related work, it's exactly that. I can confirm, including the, the questions also asked by Honorable Mulala, CETA has its own secure video conferencing platform that I would love to make it available to Parliament. Jitsi, it works. It's never been heard. doesn't get heard. It's developed by CETA. It's not owned by any other OEM. I have made a decision that CETA would invest in the technical capability of that open source solution so that it can have the scale to be used by all other entities of the state. Your SSAs and your related security cluster have approved it. So also the solution that your cabinet is using, your NCC is using, is being run from a CETA cloud facility. That's your team of it. It's run from the CETA cloud infrastructure. Your data residence sits at CETA. Your data security is done and confirmed at CETA. So, so, so in terms of the solution, so those are not short-term, medium-term, they are now. So the solutions that are approved for government to use today are secured at CETA. Yes, Honorable Fandam, you still have members that use solutions we've never approved, like Zoom. And then when they get hurt, all CETA says, can you please use the solutions we approved? But to move to other things so that you understand. So, so Honorable Mulana, then this also then talks to all the solutions I'm saying. CETA develops a lot of solutions. But the process of ensuring that government uses those solutions, I think that's what we need to discuss. DG is also in the call, and the department has a mandate to push and support e-gov and e-governance platform. But the department does not have legislative mandate to say, CETA for argument's sake in Eastern Cape, we have developed a rural development type solutions that connects your farm to the market, and that solution works. But he has no mandate to say, agriculture and land affairs, please now use or you will use this solution. So we're looking at those modalities so that the department does not come up with targets to say, can you develop these things? But nobody is using it. But there are plans, there are skills internally within CETA to develop stuff. But we are then perhaps what then the, the portfolio committee, the legislature can assist us on is, as we will be providing you 
with an asset register, with a database of what is it that is ready to be used? Can we assist us to ensure that government uses those things that are there, that are ready to be used? But yes, Honorable Pambo, there will be questions to say, how can you talk about digital transformation, e-government, OIR, when home affairs systems keeps on I can take all the proposals around them to modernize their infrastructure. So it's two things. Let me start with this one. You have government departments that take the IT solutions and then they break them into multiple contracts that get given to private sector instead of allowing CETA to be able to be the integrator of government and have an end-to-end accountability and responsibility. I can confirm without any doubt that the current solutions at Home Affairs, as I have discussed with the DG for Home Affairs and the team for Home Affairs, has simply to do with the local network of Home Affairs that is being managed by a private sector company. And we have given Home Affairs all the information on what is it they need to do to make that work, including allowing CETA to help them to manage their own local network, even manage the service provider that provides that service so that there can be quality of service to the citizens. So you have those challenges where you have a number of government departments, they have received approvals long ago to take some of their work out to private sector partners and they are failing to deliver. For home affairs, I can put it on record. It is one of those things. But we are continuing to engage the DG, the acting DG for home affairs to say CETA is here and available ready and willing to assist you so that we can also assist you to hold the companies you have contracted in IT space to deliver on what we have contracted them to do. So we have given that offer. I have personally given that offer to the department and it is the same thing we're doing with, with all other departments. Part of the issues then that are being raised, uh, Honorable Fargo, is that yes, certain skills and capabilities. So much as we talk about us being able to provide soft services, I'll be the first one to say CETA is beefing up those skills. Because CETA has been focusing in the past in running tenders and contracts for SOC and cybersecurity services. We do have enough skills for what currently sits inside CETA, but it is one of those areas where we are beefing up skills. But security, as we understand it, it is not an area where CETA or any entity of government, including your security cluster, where they can say, we will do this thing alone. We will never work with private sector. We need to manage our partnering with private sector, where the key core stuff that talk to the data of government, the security of government sits within CETA. So we will continue to manage that relationship and we are beefing up both internal skills we need to bring insight within CETA. The second part, have strategic partnerships with key South African ICT security firms to ensure that they assist us in ensuring that the security for government is broader. Uh, so we are working on that. And indeed, uh, we will ensure that before we launch, we, our intention uh, to launch your SOC services is not end of the year. So our agreement with police and other departments is by the half of the year, meaning by October, we should have started launching our operations. And we are in line with that. We are in negotiations with some of the possible local partners in terms of working with them in providing um, that solution.
But the core part of the questions, uh, Honorable Falco, you have raised, is not about CETA signing SLAs with government departments, but it is about CETA meeting the SLA requirements with government departments. So one of the major problems is not your SLAs on delivering IT services. But what CETA is horrible. It is your SLAs on CETA to manage tenders and to issue tenders. So that's the main problem. And part of that, the management capability within our supply chain management or tender office has been zero, meaning for all your eight senior management positions, we had zero. The first one was brought in, so you had too many acting people. At least now we've started beefing up the technical capability of that unit. We now have a chief procurement officer. We have now been able to recruit at least the second layer, where 75% of the second layer of leadership has already now been brought in for that position. The second more important part, uh, you need technology and solutions to manage your tender processes. I can confirm that government has invested uh, hundreds of millions on a e-procurement technology solution that is not working. So I have already made decisions on alternative uh, e-procurement management solutions that we already, government already has licenses for, so I'm not going to be paying additional money, that it must be implemented before end of June, so that we now start being able to have an e-procurement solution, which is what CETA was developed for. So CETA was created not to be another state tender board that does your paper-based tender management services. So we need to go to what we call it your e-procurement, your digital procurement services. We have now started implementing the alternative solution as the second phase of our reforms within our procurement space. I can confirm to the committee that uh, from when we started in January, 27th of January up to now, we started with more than 425 uh, backlog tenders, meaning backlog contracts that have been there for more than two years. By now, we have already reduced those uh, to 184. The plan, as we have committed to the minister, is by end of June, all your backlog tender problems that we have had should be resolved. So from where we are now, we can say you are 65% there. We are now hoping with the reforms that we are making and the additional resources we are putting in procurement, we still want to make sure there is no procurement tender backlog by end of June. So I will keep on brief the committee in terms of where we go, but I am comfortable in terms of the first quarter, the progress that uh, we have made in cleaning up on that space. So we want to clean that, but the systems and the solutions to manage our procurement, we believe this is the permanent thing for us to do going forward, because to throw people into that, it is not going to help us, it's going to be very costly. So when you talk about localization and industry transformation to close on some of the questions, what we mean around that is there are a lot of locally developed solutions uh, that are sitting, if you go to a CSIR, they are sitting with a lot of solutions that sit there. So when Honorable Hendricks, you are asking about robotics, CETA has cognitive computing capabilities. That's your AI robotic skills. AI is nothing new. Uh, we studied AI, I studied AI in 1994 already. So AI skills are things that are there. But what the challenge is, is how do we then implement these robotics within that? 
So when we talk that CETA wants to move away from e-government to digital government, we are simply meaning on simple workflows that government has, take home affairs or any other department, why are we not implementing robotics on simple, easier transactions? And there is already capability that sits within CETA, within CSIR, and some of our partners where we can be able to automate some of the workflows using robotics. That's what we want to focus on now. So our focus is on the more than 55 solutions we have developed before. Can we now enable them in terms of cognitive computing capabilities? And we have started that journey for us to be able to get there. Your Internet of Things, BI, the basics, those are things that we understand. But the base foundation for all of these things, which is why Honorable Pambo struggles to connect, um, is broadband infrastructure. That is just not there. So for government, we can confirm as part of our assisting government for business continuity, 80% um, of government's data lines were using your basic old technologies. That is less than five meg, meaning you can't sit in this video conferencing and be able to participate uh, for more than your 10 minutes. So there is a base infrastructure broadband infrastructure work which you need to do. We're working with the department, with BPI, Centex, and Atna partners, to see, and telecom specifically, to say how do we then improve your basic digital infrastructure, broadband infrastructure. Because it doesn't matter how many solutions you develop for citizens to use. If there is no broadband capability for them to use those solutions, that's wasteful expenditure. So we're managing all of those things to ensure that we can do that. I think lastly, we can confirm that we have worked and proposed to your departments like your education in terms of your possible virtual learning, e-learning type solutions CETA can make available in the shortest period using what we already have from CETA, but also using some of the partnerships that we have with some of our uh, industry players. Vacancies, um, as raised by Honorable Kubeka, yes, that's what we are doing. But we are not only filling in the vacancies that we have. Part of the problem of the CETA structure is that below your executives, everybody is permanent. So whether they perform or they don't perform, it's very difficult to ensure that they work and they do what they need to do. We have now started to say, all the levels below your executive are all on five-year contracts, and we have started that process. So all of the management positions we have advertised from now have all been converted into five-year contracts. For a simple focus on changing the direction of CETA, that everything is about performance. As you get a job at CETA, you now need to understand you need to perform to what you have contracted to do. So we're working on that as part of the culture change, because the reality is 80% of the people that are at CETA have been here for more than 20 years, but the delivery is horrible. So when there are problems, all CETA does is you change your CEOs, you change your executives, but the rest of the people that deliver the services, they never change. So we are also now inculcating that culture, that everything is about performance and performance development. And we have started now putting the layer below executives into five-year performance. And we're managing that process. 
um, within the new jobs that we're advertising. Our plan is within the next five years, everyone in that layer should have now moved into performance. Let me stop there, Chair, for, for time. Honorable members, uh, I think the, the questions would responded to in the first round of questions. I have noted that uh, the second round of questions, Honorable Clego would want to ask a question, uh, followed by Honorable Van Damme wants to make a follow-up. Honorable Kubeka would follow. Uh, am I leaving any other member at this point? Okay. Honorable Mulala, you'll be last. In that order, Honorable Clego. Honorable Clego. So it seems we have a connection problem there. We'll get back to her if she connects back. Honorable Fanda. Thanks, Chair. Um, thank you for those answers to those questions. And I like the way you speak. You sound very energetic and you're very frank. Uh, so I feel, at least from this interaction, comfortable that CETA is in good hands. Uh, I really like the way that you answered questions. Um, just in terms of the contracts that you've put um, a stop to, if you could just give us a couple, I don't know if you, I don't know how many they are, if you could just mention the number and if you could give us names of those contracts so that we can do our oversight work and look into those and ask the right questions and follow up. Um, but yeah, thank you for the work that you're doing so far and keep that energy and speak bravely, speak Truth to power as always, always, and as you're doing now. Thanks, Chair. My Honourable Kubega. Uh, thanks, Chair. Uh, mine was this one, Chair, to our administrator. I wanted just to know that how many government departments that are using CETA uh, services. And are they all maybe responding negative or there are some those who are at least uh, after uh, they getting the service, they are responding positive when coming to the issue of payments, uh, Chair. Thanks. Chairperson, uh, I just want to ask Honorable Kubega to go look outside in the comfort. No, honorable members, just make sure your mics are muted. It may not be heard. I don't have a dog. That's what I'm saying. It may not be heard. Uh, just those whose mics are unmuted, please mute the mic if you are not uh, speaking, because uh, we may not know if you are chased. You see. Uh, yeah, at least uh, then it's, it's quiet. Thank you. Honorable mm -hmm. Mulan. Yeah, thanks, Jay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, Mr. Kay, uh, there's, there's just a follow-up on two issues. Uh, I raised an issue of uh, the money that is owed to CETA, uh, and I think you have not responded to it. If you did, uh, maybe I did not get you. <clears throat> the second issue was uh, around solutions that CETA has 
that are not being utilized. And, and I wanted you to be frank. Uh, are those solutions uh, bad? Why are they not utilized in the first place? Because you said there are many, and you have been there, and you have seen a lot of them. But you're not telling us whether departments on their own, uh, despite the quality of your solutions, uh, they prefer to go outside for other reasons that we don't know. But for us to help you, we need to understand the problem, is it the solutions in CETA or is it the departments that are not willing to have those good solutions? So if you can just respond to that, I think I would be uh, much more clear. I think those are the two areas where maybe you are too diplomatic. Uh, and don't be a politician and uh, the case. Just be an administrator uh, so that you answer properly. Thanks. May I just check, Honorable Kego, have you been able to connect back? I don't sure. want to leave you outside. Honorable Kego, have you been able to connect back? So it would appear that we don't have uh, Honorable Kego. We'll sure. uh, take uh, answers sure. on these questions and then take the, other, the last round of questions. Sure. Honorable Pambo, yeah. can I note you for the I, next round? I thought I was noted chair for this round. Am I not? Uh, no, I, I tried to check the members. I didn't get your I didn't get your name on the on the list I have. Uh, but as I say, I've noted you so that uh, you can be able to ask the question. It's, it's, it's within the region of these questions. But uh, if you if, if if it suits you, chair, that's fine with me. Okay. Can we get responses there? Thank you, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Um, I think Honorable Fandam, um, I can just mention one. We'll provide a list to the contracts that we put a stop to. So one of those um, I've mentioned is what you call it your G-commerce contract with Intenda. So it's a, it's a contract that should have assisted CETA to have an e-procurement solution. Government has already spent almost 300 million rands into that solution. I can confirm to you it doesn't work. We've gone to court. So part of the problems that you have with CETA unable to uh, manage its procurement solutions electronically, which is what CETA was created. We have a solution that does not work. I, have, I can confirm to honorable members, I have even personally intervened, meet with the service provider, try and ensure that we get this solution to work because paramount in my mind is I don't want this almost 300 million to become wasteful expenditure. I want to get benefit from this solution. And I can confirm to you the solution from Intenda just does not work. So hence I have made a decision to say, I now can't wait forever because government departments are suffering in terms of our procurement and management of procurement. And I have made a decision to say, the licenses that government bought as part of the IFMS for the e-procurement module, those licenses must immediately be implemented for an alternative CETA e-procurement So we have now started the process of taking those licenses and we are now implementing an alternative e-procurement solution. I've already gone out to appoint an independent company that's going to go and re-evaluate um, the intender contract, the value of the intender contract, why we paid the monies that we have paid, because I want to get those monies back in the coffers of government. So just to mention one, 
please bear with me that uh, I would prefer to put in writing, but not to list everything um, on this. But the simple view from us is, if government spends money on anything, it must work. If it doesn't work, there must be very clear, credible solutions uh, to that. I think, Honorable Malala, when you ask me, um, are the CETA solutions horrible? Is it why that government is not using them? I can mention one example of your e-recruitment solution. It works. The CIO of the DPSA, the mother department for HR, approves the solution. We are now working with the DG uh, for DPSA and the GTOC Council to say, we now need to have this solution implemented across government. So it's what I've raised initially to say, we develop these solutions because we see the need for government. But the department does not have the mandate to now say, we will now implement this solution. So you have a perfectly working ear recruitment solution, but the DG of the department does not have the power to implement this solution. And when we now go to the DG of TPSA, who, who have the mandate around HR solutions for government, they want to implement this solution, but they have a problem because government has spent more than a billion rands on what is called IFMS, which also has an HR component. So now you're sitting to say, what do we then do? So part of them, the decisions that we're making is to say, there must be a quicker decision on IFMS so that as CETA, we now understand, can we roll out this e-procurement solution? Because government can't wait for the IFMS. Um, so it's those type of challenges that we have. So if you take your agriculture solution or a Mulala that we have developed for Eastern Cape, Eastern Cape government is using it. But we want the same solution to be used by other provinces at a fraction of the cost or even free. But the current procurement models and the management models are not assisting us to do that. So our engagements now with Treasury is to say, uh, can we work on ensuring that the solutions that have already been developed, can we work on a plan where we can roll these things out across all the entities of government? So if you then take your agriculture solution that is already being used in Eastern Cape, we are now taking it to land affairs and agriculture nationally to say, can we work with you where there can be now a rollout of this solution across national government and also all provincial governments? So this is now the work that we are doing. And as and when we are getting um, more challenges to have these solutions being reported, we will come to, to the portfolio committee. But this is the work we have started now within the last month, where the view for us was, it doesn't make sense that we spend resources in developing a lot more things, but the things that we already have aren't being fully implemented. You have one client. So take your track and trace solution for argument's sake, Chair. That is working at home affairs. Everybody wants a track and trace solution. So what we are now looking at with Treasury to say, can CETA own the IP of that track and trace solution that is being implemented at Home Affairs so that CETA can customize it and make it available for all other government departments? So we're also looking now into those discussions um, with Treasury where we say, can CETA be the owner of IT IP for government so that whatever solution is there, we can further customize it and implement it across government at a fraction of the cost, at a fraction of the cost of them having to uh, procure solutions again. So that's what we mean 
when we say CETA has developed a lot of things that are not being utilized. So we aren't getting challenges in terms of the quality is horrible. So it's more of you have a great idea, you develop the solution, but you don't think it through, including how are you going to implement it? So which is then what we are resolving. The money questions, Honorable Mulala, that you have raised, we can confirm now that CETA as challenges always been that we have government departments that don't pay you enough money. So by the time we close the financial year, we were owed more than 540 million rents uh, by a lot of different clients, uh, including your subs and a lot of those. So if you use subs, which is our biggest client, the challenge for them is they start paying CETA on the last quarter of the financial year. And then they don't finish paying us. So you have to chase them to pay you what they owe you in the previous financial year. But I can confirm now for that 540 million that we are owed, um, we've been able at least to recover more than 100 million. We have been able to recover more than 100 million. About 400 million of that more than 540 million uh, is a debt that is less than your 90 days. So in simple terms, it is money that we are able, we are guaranteed and will be able to collect that money. But we have now put our customer advocates to say your job is to go and collect the money. And they are now going to collect money. I can also confirm that I have personally signed letters to DGs where I have sent letters of demand that they must now pay us for the monies that they owe. And the plan for CETA is by end May, everyone where we have provided a service, they must pay us for what they owe us for monies of the last financial year by end May. We believe that target, Honorable Chair, um, is achievable. So that then we are able to say from the beginning of first quarter, we also put the same measures that uh, all departments now start paying us for the services that they would have consumed from April. So yes, there is a greater focus um, on us collecting the money for the services that we do. But it is not just the money. We're saying as we collect the money, sign the SLA, so 85% of the SLAs for the financial year have already been signed. We are now collecting the remainder of the SLAs for this financial year to ensure we don't go to the third month of the year providing services without the SLA. I will stop there, um, Honorable Chair. Uh, thank you, Mr. Casey. Yeah. As I said, I will now take uh, the last round of uh, questions. Yeah. Uh, I noted Honorable uh, Pambo is that, that I'm struggling with Honorable Clerk or whether she's reconnected. Uh, I'll, I'll take Honorable Pambo, uh, then take Honorable Kubeka. I've noted you, Honorable Kubeka. Okay. Right. Uh, may, may I just check, Honorable Clerk, has she been able to reconnect? Uh, okay, so in that score, Honorable Pambo and Chair? Honorable Becker. Chair, can you know me? By Honorable Faku. Yeah, those will be the, uh, the the four ends would have. Clego, if she reconnects. Uh, Pambo, uh, you can uh, get in at this point, followed by Honorable Kubeka, then Honorable Faku, uh, and then we summarize uh, on this item and get to the next one. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing from the administrator and, uh, and uh, the DM um, as to why haven't we, or rather, 
have they spoken to the you know parliament in particular uh, in running these uh, portfolio committee meetings um, you know to move them from Microsoft to this platform that CETA has because as you know that uh, it's it's uh, it's money that we're using to uh, you know to to use Microsoft uh, you know Teams to use Zoom uh, which are essentially you know companies that are not uh, you know state owned nor are they companies that we can say they are fully you know uh, you know safe for us to be engaging uh, on but it's also important that we use this opportunity especially during COVID, uh, now that we are under covid that we we put the systems that we have into use it it makes more sense um uh, uh, one would think that uh, government would have the appetite not only to to trust the systems that are there but also to 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 save uh, money so firstly the question is uh, has the department engaged other departments not only other departments but parliament in using uh, this kind of platform which is you know this platform of uh, video calling similar to what we're using now um, secondly if they have and there are challenges what are those challenges uh, what have they what have these departments responded um, uh, with have they said that uh, you know uh, they can't use it and what is the reason for not uh, taking up CETA's proposal and if CETA has not approached them, why haven't they? Because you know, uh, it, it, you you can't sit with a with a system like that. I'm, I I can, you know, I can take you know, or rather, it's it's it it goes without saying that there's money that has been spent in putting that system together. Uh, there's energy and brains that has gone into putting the system together. It's a uh, it's um it would be you know, um, wasteful expenditure to have systems that are just sitting there gathering dust. If they do gather any dust, um, why are we not using it? Um, and, and I think that this is an opportunity that we we, we, we can utilize. Thanks, Chair. I, I saw Honorable Kaigo. Uh, can you hear now? Yes, Chair. Do you get me now? Uh, yes, we can. We can hear you. Just keep your camera switched on, also as you speak. Never mind the never mind the camera, Chair. Let me let me start speaking. I'll explain. Yeah, all point. I'm saying, just keep it uh, on because we are also live, uh, so that they can see the members speaking. But continue to speak in the meantime. Okay. Good but morning. Good evening. Good evening, colleagues. Good evening. Uh, I hear the presenter talking about a program of uh, assisting SMMEs. I'm thinking about uh, the program that has been introduced by the Department of Education, the e-learning program. Will they also target those SMMEs that would help those kids to be able to use the e-learning program? And also, Chair, I don't hear the presenter talking about the present challenge that we are facing, the challenge of COVID-19. Is there a risk strategy responding to the challenges that we have now? Because looking at things, it seems as if the digital technology will be the way to go. How do they plan to assist areas that have a network coverage? Because in rural areas, there are those places that have a network problem. I just wanted to ask that, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Trego. Uh, Honorable Kubega. 
Chair, I, I was just uh, trying to say to you, uh, I couldn't hear the Ntake Keiso responding to my question uh, when I was asking about the number of government departments that are using their services. He couldn't uh, respond to that. Can I get a, a, a response to Ntake Keiso, please, Chair? Thank you. Honorable Faku. Thank you, Chairperson. I think also let me echo the words of my colleagues to say really one is very impressed with the presentation from Mr. Casey. You know, when you listen to him, you see that he understands what he's talking about. But what is important, Mr. Casey, that whatever knowledge you have, you must understand that you need to transfer it to the people that you will leave after you have left CETA, because that is important, because sometimes you find that administrators come in, they do what they have to do, they don't transfer the necessary skills which they need to transfer, and they leave the entities. I want to please plead with you to do that. But as you are also re, um, uh, re, uh, rebranding CETA, one of the issues that I wanted to touch on, can you please have partnership with universities? Because I understand sometimes you, you issue an advert and you train young people that this one to look for scarce skills. Like in universities, you have universities that are specializing in IT where you have the best students. Then for them to be given um, opportunities out of the country, can you also try to do that here in South Africa? But secondly, I want to say on this issue of virtual learning, Mr. Casey, can I please request, because I know that uh, the department is developing a program on this. I know ICASA is developing a program in this, and even yourself. I think there must be some synergy between the three of you, although I understand that you are independent, whereby you can develop a program that if you are developing a program, ICASA is not also coming up with something else, and this one is coming up with something else. I hope TM is listening to the point that I'm trying to make. But also, I want to say that the point that Mr. Casey is saying that there are platforms, they can create this platform for us. Um, I know that DM is listening into this. I think it's important, especially during this period of COVID-19, that we need to take center stage. The good part, the department, uh, the acting minister currently is the one that is um, championing uh, COVID-19 in terms of communication. I think it will help us as a country that we use this platform, but also to engage parliament that if these platforms are for free for us the, as parliament, so that, oh, we can pay CETA a lesser amount for them to be sustainable and generate a revenue than to use external service providers. I think, I think it can give us an opportunity. Maybe you have missed it because of what has been happening at CETA in the past, but now they are saying they have this program. Let us take an opportunity and utilize it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Faku. Uh, I will now give an opportunity uh, for responses. Uh, if we can also keep it uh, straight to the point, I'm, I'm trying to manage time for the next uh, presentation. Uh, that's between you and TM now, but TM will just come in probably at the end to also do some closing remarks. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I'll be as brief as possible. Uh, Honorable Kubega, the question of the number of government departments using our services, we can confirm now that almost all government departments, I think all, are now using our services. The challenge that we have had is that they had 
you had some government departments that were outsourcing services. So you will have, for argument's sake, your water and sanitation that have outsourced their services to private sector. We are now working with the DG um, for water and sanitation, who has confirmed to us that they now want to move services back to CETA. You go to justice and constitutional development. Also, they had a lot of services that were outsourced to private sector. They have also now confirmed to us they want those services coming back to CETA. So we're going back to all the departments where they have gone out to private sector to take services from us. And I can confirm now everything is positive. So they are all now agreeing to bring services back to us. Um, so we're working with them and they are pay and those that have services uh, with us, they are paying us for those services. I think Honorable Faku, the question around transferring skills to people who are leaving behind, it's exactly for that uh, reason that uh, we then decided when I arrived here that I'm not going to arrive with an entourage of people that when I leave, I live with them. And then there are no skills that are being left behind at CETA. So we took a strategic decision with the ministry to say because CETA already had more than 70% vacancy in senior leadership, let's rather ensure that we fill that senior leadership capability with good people that will work with me to ensure that when my term ends as an administrator, you have people to continue implementing the strategy. And the key reason for that is that the tenure of a, CEO, of a CEO of CETA for the last 19 years has been about one and a half years. So it means on average, every CEO that has been here has spent roughly one and a half years. If people spend one and a half years, it simply means there have been great strategies, but no one to follow through and implement the strategy. So it's for that reason then that we're bringing in a team. So the executives who are bringing behind, who are confirming, and the level below them is specifically to ensure that there is continuity of the service. You don't change the strategy after a year, after two years, without giving it a chance to be implemented. Partnership with universities, that's part of our innovation stream. So even key institutions like your CSIR, that do a lot of work on your robotics, on your AI. There is no partnership model with them. Uh, same as your PPI and Centex, because when we want to work with them, the current procurement model says publish a tender. So now these are the things we are engaging Treasury uh, on to say we need to see more of the state-to-state -state type partnership, because there is a lot of skills that sit within research institutions like your CSIR, where we can partner with them on skills development. There are also universities that focus strongly on your cybersecurity. We are also saying we want to work more strongly with them. So let's relax the rules. So yes, we are working on that. Honorable Kaiko, in terms of your COVID-19 challenges, you are on point. We will all be talking around COVID-19, but the basics is ensuring that there is a better network infrastructure that is implemented across to your district municipal level. And I can confirm that there is a greater synergy between what the department does and the regulations that the department has published around COVID-19, your ICASA, your CETA, and all of us who are being coordinated correctly by the department. So, so there is no fight, there is synergies in the work that we do. The regulations that have been passed by the department exactly allow us to work together. So part of the intergovernmental relations we're working on with the department 
is also to ensure that state entities like your Centex, like your BPIs, are able to work with us and put the basic infrastructure platform that is required. And CETA just provides services on So we are working. Um, so because once you do that, then you can implement your virtual learning, your e-learning solutions, and all of that. So yes, we are working on that. Honorable Kayako, the, the e-learning program we are talking of for Department of Education, what we can respond to is that as both the department and CETA, we have through the DG, we have engaged the department to say there are possible e-learning solutions we can partner with them to ensure that we provide services, um, better services to our kids, especially those in disadvantaged institutions. They talk in terms of having them to have the basic tools of trade, like your computers, you know, all your tablets, basic instruments uh, for students to be able to access that. You would have seen that the department has even looked into education sites to either be free or to reduce the cost of them accessing those sites. We are also entering that space, working with them, with CETA and our industry players in ensuring that one, we have access to your e-learning type solutions that CETA can support, that can be made available in that environment. We can also confirm that the ministry is working with the industry to say, can we also bring devices, like one laptop at night, one device at child in a rural area, so that they can also be able uh, to utilize your e-learning platforms. So CETA is also working with the department on that. So there is a greater synergy around what we do. But part of the business continuity plans for CETA is to provide even thought leadership assistance to metros. Because we know that once you go to provinces and metros, there is a deficit of ICT skills. So we have met with Salga and Cocta to say CETA is also ready and able to provide them advisory services, including implementation services as and when they are required so that they are also ready for COVID. So we have already made those decisions and we have had those meetings um, with them. Honorable Pambo, in terms of the solutions that we have, um, I can confirm that your, your National Common Council will have presented all of the solutions that we have, and there's been approval, and the DG has then been working uh, with other DGs to make available what we have. So your GCs that we already have, that CETA has developed, we have already said that these are available to be used. We have even approached the IT of Parliament to say we have these solutions that we can assist you with. Uh, but beyond then, uh, so that we understand, honorable members, when you talk of your Microsoft Teams, we then find that some departments are already paying licenses for this type of solution because they bought Microsoft products, but they are not using them. So the role then of CETA is to say, where you have already spent money in procuring these tools and services, can CETA secure them so that as you use these platforms, they are then secure and we are now working with that because we, we do not want as government to force everybody to use one solution. But over and above that, Orebu Pambo, we have also worked with industry where we have had a, a lot of our industry partners to agree to make solutions available, at least others for 90 days for free, others for 180 days for free. So part of our engagement uh, with parliament is to say, can we also extend those free offerings to government as CETA is working on 
building the technical capability of its JC. It works, but all what we want to do now is to ensure that as we're going to get a lot more people using these solutions, it's not a solution that's going to make. So for one example, if you go to an NCC meeting, they last up to 10 hours, and you have in excess of 60 people connecting live with video. So we want to make sure that there is good technical capability for these solutions not to crumble. But I can confirm we have approached Parliament to say we are willing as CETA also to extend the solutions that we have in Parliament uh, for them to use, but also to secure the ones that we are using already to ensure that there is no one who can then um, disadvantage government or do malicious work. Uh, I would rather stop that, Chair. I apologize. I've taken a little bit more time. My apologies, Chair. Uh, no, apologies. Apology accepted. I think members also wanted answers. Uh, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister, in two minutes. Thank you, Chair. Um, just two things. I think uh, adding to what the administrator was saying, on the uh, integration and collaboration that our department and entities like CETA and CENTEC have to provide virtual learning and other platforms with the Department of Basic has already been created with the DGs and everybody. But also, SABC is a, is a partner in the whole thing because they even launched an education channel. So part of it was to say, even in deep rural areas, for as long as they, uh, the family has a TV or they have a set-top box, they may be able to access that education channel, which is currently running. I think uh, from what the administrator has just demonstrated, Chair, we believe that as CETA, we were trying to deal with the issue of the trust deficit that has been there. So that's the focus also as we repurpose CETA. But also the recruitment drive that uh, CETA is embarking upon uh, it's about ensuring that uh, we get people with the right or the requisite skills so that we also don't miss an opportunity in positioning CETA to drive the fourth industrial revolution for the country. So uh, this is the belief we have and your support as the portfolio committee will be of critical importance. Thank you. No, thank you, TM uh, and uh, the team. Thank you, the administrator. I think you've uh, done everything possible to answer the questions from uh, the members. Uh, and I'm sure you took it uh, also in good spirit that it is these questions that help you to do even better as you move forward. But just for, for us to conclude properly, uh, the sense from the committee, as you would have heard, they really commend the work that's happening. Uh, but more from what you have said is that uh, solutions have been there, but if you don't use them, uh, then it will be like something new when actually it's just to uh, take the dust out and put them uh, back to use. I think the committee will really um, support you on that. Uh, with regard to uh, the oversight, uh, I think uh, 
Honorable Fandam raised that issue, uh, and you've answered the point that as it relates to the matter in Gauteng, um, CETA may have not been really uh, involved in that. I'm sure the department will take note so that when they come back uh, next week, they can speak to that point because we have an oversight responsibility as the committee uh, so that we know exactly what would have happened in that regard and whether uh, the department uh, has got any role uh, to play on, on the matter. Uh, I think whilst we note uh, the point raised by the TM that uh, we'll get in writing, uh, the points raised by Honorable Mlala and, and Pambo. Honorable Faku, I think, tried to clarify, just want to emphasize that point, that the first meeting we had after those announcements, uh, this question would have arisen, and the assurance we got was that everything was above board and followed the law. Uh, I think it's important that we, we make that point so that as we wait for the response, uh, we, we appreciate that work now still needs to uh, happen. Uh, and I think maybe the last point to, to, to really raise uh, is that working with the department uh, and all uh, other stakeholders, uh, the part about some of the solutions that can be tested with committees surely would receive um, some attention. And, and I'm, I'm saying a simple, Meta uh, administrator would be that you report to this committee. Probably there was an expectation that this would have been the first committee to just show that uh, these solutions are working uh, <laughs> in that score. I think it's raised in that uh, in that in that context. Uh, otherwise, uh, we 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 really want to see implementation and implementation. Uh, and, and we'll judge you from, from that point. Uh, otherwise, uh, you gave us a, a sense that CETA uh, is beginning to, to turn the con. Uh, once again, thanks. Uh, Thank until uh, we, we, we meet again. Uh, probably just one point, sorry. You, there, there's an issue that relates to uh, TPSA from time to time, as, as you spoke, and, and national treasury. I think that's something that the committee may need to also consider uh, approaching the other committees on how we can find uh, solutions to those um, so that what government has begins to work. Uh, I just left that point. Otherwise, thanks for, for making time. Uh, we will not keep you in the meeting if there are matters to attend to. So when you are dealing with a backlog of over 400 on tenders, you, you may want to still say, I have something to go and work on. So we'll not keep you in the meeting in the next uh, uh, item. But if you still want to stay in the meeting, uh, there is no, no problem in that regard. So we'll now look at uh, the next item, uh, which is on USASA and USAF. Uh, as I said, thank you. Uh, I take that uh, they are also flighting the, the presentation. Uh, whilst we give the DM the few minutes, uh, DM, few minutes uh, to just introduce uh, uh, Usasa, okay. uh, Usaf, so that we give them an opportunity to present uh, quickly. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Just um, uh, some few highlights. Um, of course, I'm with the administrator, Mr. Basil Ford. Uh, this entity, as the PCC is aware, it's also 
under administration, and its focus has been to roll out uh, broadband infrastructure and provide connectivity in underserved areas with the aim of closing access gaps. Uh, its role is go, it's more to go into our rural areas. Their other role is also to facilitate the procurement of migration devices, your set-top boxes, decoders, and areas as intervention measures for government to realize a quicker migration. And in addition to that, um, USASA is responsible for Universal Service Access Fund, uh, which is used to realize universal access to primary ICT services, um, which includes your, your broadband and Wi-Fi connectivity, um, especially to our rural schools and public amenities. And in terms of our reconfiguration, because um, all our entities, like I said, are being repos repositioned and, and um, this entity's program also has to be repurposed in line with the ICT policy and uh, review to make sure that it becomes a digital development fund entity. The challenges that uh, USASA was confronted with is especially around broadband, where they would connect schools and, and public amenities. And after 24 months, um, the connectivity is no longer sustained, schools are left disconnected, and then projects become wide. And that has been one challenge. And uh, that's why now some of the programs are taken over by BBI and SA Connect. And for now, we're connecting schools for 10 years um, through BBI and, and SA Connect uh, with 10 megabits per second, scalable to 100. But uh, going forward, funds permitting uh, and looking at uh, how COVID has played itself out, would want to see uh, connectivity being sustained wire wire in those uh, areas. The other challenge around DTT has been on procurement of migration devices as well as installation services. And uh, these failures also have grossly contributed to the delays of migration process. Um, while government is providing subsidies to our needy households who have televisions, we also encourage our public to make use of available di digital devices to migrate uh, with us because we all know we want spectrum available so that we can improve on connectivity going forward. Um, and early this year, Chair, the department met with industry, including manufacturers of decoders and IDTVs, to make them available at, at affordable uh, uh, prices. So, Chairperson, whilst the department acknowledged the the new department, which is this, will not have appetite to entertain unjustifiable failures for resource organizations such as USASA. So 
There's a way that as the ministry will be looking at some of these entities very closely and make sure that they deliver on their mandate. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, TM. Uh, 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 I'm not sure whether it will be uh, the DG first or we just get straight to the presentation. Can we get uh, clarity on that? I thought Mr. Ford is with us. Mr. Ford is with us now. Okay. Yes, it's online. Okay. Uh, can we get uh, Mr. Is it Mr. Ford presenting? Mr. Ford, hello. Um, Ford. Apologies, right. Honourable Chair. I just got kicked out of the uh, the the meeting and I've just rejoined. I don't know if okay. you can you can hear me. We can hear you clearly. Hello. Yes, we can hear you clearly. You can proceed. Honorable Chair, I seem to be having a technical difficulty. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, no, we can hear you clearly. Honorable Chair, I can see you speaking, but I, I cannot I cannot hear you. Um, yeah, just try the audio. Uh, perhaps, perhaps we could. Uh... Hello. Yeah, we can, we hear, can you. hear you. Yeah. That's why we are saying proceed. We can hear you. You can proceed. We can hear you. Let me just. Uh, yes, we are also calling him. Hi, DG. Yes, yes. I was just saying, yes. ask him to proceed. I don't know if you can hear me, but I can't yes. hear you. The can hear you. The is saying that go ahead. Okay. All right. My... Okay. All right. My apologies. I don't know what the, the problem is, but I'll continue. Thank you, DG. Okay. Uh, Good evening, Honourable Chair, uh, Honourable Members. Uh, good evening, uh, Deputy uh, Minister, DG, DDG, uh, all uh, other colleagues. Uh, I'm assuming that that uh, um, everyone can hear me okay, so I shall just continue. Um, I'm having some technical difficulty in that I cannot project, so I have asked uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Mary Ann, to project on my behalf. Um, I shall endeavour to... to uh, Stick to uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, chair's uh, uh, conditions that we 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 talk about the highlights. So on on the fifth slide, uh, you will see that uh, the, the focus areas that that uh, we we are focusing on uh, in the current financial year. So the very first point, uh, which is the facilitation of digital migration, talks talks to um, what the Deputy Minister has raised. And she is quite correct in that we have experienced um, numerous challenges uh, uh, in the past, and those challenges uh, relate to things like um, installations not done uh, well, which, which led to uh, quality assurance problems, meaning that 
that people may have been connected, but the uh, the set-top boxes, for whatever reason, uh, were not working, and they were not facilitating um, um, a signal to, to the television. We've also experienced challenges where uh, there was a very there was a lack of localization. So, in other words, we had installers uh, coming in from uh, outside of the the areas, and they installed. And then, when the installation was completed, they went away. And when there was a problem, it it could not be resolved simply because the people that that installed the uh, setup boxes uh, were no longer there. And that's just uh, a few of the the problems that that we experienced. So, because we we don't want to uh, hold up the the digital migration, we are looking at a different way of uh, of doing this uh, this year. What we are trying to do is to to bring in a project management service, and that project management service will address all the issues that we have experienced in the past. In in trying to ensure that we can deplete the stock at the uh, at the the SEPA warehouses, and those are, are these 860,000 uh, set-top boxes that uh, uh, that are in the SEPA warehouses, we are looking at putting those into the Free State, the Northern Cape, and um, okay, sorry, I, I apologise. I was just having a look at a message. Here. Um, so we're looking at putting uh, those those uh, set-top boxes um, into the the priority provinces, the Free State, the Northern Cape, uh, Northern Cape, and the Northwest. And the intention is to use a project management uh, office to to do that. And because we don't have the skills, we are we are looking at currently we are in discussions with uh, with Centec to provide that service. And that service will be to look at the, the, the almost all of the entire value chain, which is looking at the appointment of local installers, uh, doing the quali quality control of the installations to make sure that, that uh, um, the installations actually work, and then afterwards to provide post-installation uh, management. Um, the post-installation management is also is also very important because what happens when the set-top box is installed and people, the installers leave, and there is a problem? So that that that's very very uh, critical. We believe that if we take this particular approach, uh, um, it will help us to uh, to get to a point where we can install all 860,000 um, set-top boxes by the end of March. That that is the the intention. We're also developing the model in such a way that it becomes scalable. So what I mean when I say scalable is that we initially we learn from we learn from the, the, the process, we apply all the learnings to, to the process, we, we almost perfect the processes, and then we, we launch it out into, into multiple um, areas at once. And that is what I mean by, um, by scalable. In terms of broadband, um, the, the uh, deputy minister did mention the, the challenges that we uh, that we experienced in the past. Uh, just for the sake of, of uh, uh, completeness, the previous model uh, was a was a two year model where um, 
connectivity was was uh, provided by uh, USASA for uh, for a period of two years, and there was a subsidization of infrastructure. And uh, at the end of the two year period, um, the the infrastructure was was uh, 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 handed over to to the uh, um, the service provider. So we're changing that model. We are now looking at tying into the goals of uh, SA Connect, meaning that we want to, to provide connectivity for five years uh, at, at speeds of up to 25 megabits per second, whereas currently uh, the, the connectivity speeds are at, at five me megabits per second. And the challenges that we are experiencing uh, um, over here, that you, you are experiencing now what happens when uh, a connectivity is not good. So I can't hear you. Uh, sometimes uh, you know it breaks up, and sometimes I get kicked out of uh, out of, of 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 the meeting simply because the connectivity itself is is poor. So the new the new model that we're trying to do is we're trying to get as close to the the goals of SA Connect as possible, and that means that we can we're going to start with get, getting from five megabits per second to 25 megabits per, uh, per, sec per second. Where, where it is possible, we can even go higher. But in general, if the networks cannot handle it, then we will, we will stop at, at uh, 25 megabits per second. The other weakness with the current model is that um, the connectivity is at 20 gigabytes uh, uh, per month. And um, those of you who, who, who work with connectivity and those of you who have experienced the, the connectivity now, that 20 gigabytes won't last. Um, take, for example, this particular call now. Um, it, it just, sorry, uh, there's a call coming through. And, uh, hello? Yes. Sorry. You can't do sorry, that. I thought this was from the, the meeting. Um, can I call you back? You must drop oh, the yes. call, Mr. Basil, and focus on the ah, presentation. Okay, that's very powerful. <laughs> I can't hear. Yeah, I saw um, that he can't hear us, so we should be telling yes, him. But so the, the Honourable Chairman has, has, make it a has point given me permission to speak. And, he understands. Um, he has uh, taken two minutes. communicating with me via my phone to, to yeah. give me information. So I think I, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I can't. He can't hear us. Would you so. please inform the the honourable chairman, chairman, please, so that he, he doesn't think that I've. Uh, Chair, can you unmute him? No, remember it's not from my side. It's on the other side. Please mute him. Honourable Chair, can you hear us now? Uh, can I'll you hear us now? I'll manual just to uh, log off and, and can to log back on, so I shall do that right now. I, I really apologize, but I don't know what the, the problem is. Honorable members, can you now hear? Chair, can I make a proposal? Yeah, no, I'm asking if you can hear me yourselves. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, because I want us to proceed to questions on the basis that we do have a presentation in any way. 
Honorable Fagu, you want to make a proposal? Chair, I wanted to make a proposal because if there's uh, problems in terms of connection, even if we ask the questions, he won't be able to respond to our question. Can we try and maybe take this presentation to us, uh, maybe have a, a date for it so that we can um, be able to ask questions? Because the current uh, disadvantage that we have is that uh, the administrator can't hear us but we can hear him so how would we ask questions to a person who does not hear us maybe in our next meeting maybe if you can add an hour just for us to ask questions because we did go through the presentation thank you uh sorry Chair, can i also make a suggestion okay let's hear you and then we'll make a ruling on that can we ask the deputy minister um, and if there's specific questions that she may not know the answer to, I don't know if she can maybe try and get those answers to us. Um, I'm sure she has working knowledge of Yusasa. And just a point to make, uh, Deputy Minister, parliamentary questions are not being answered. So can those please be answered as well? But Chair, I was thinking we can just ask her those questions. Um, no, is that Honorable Pambo or is it who? No, Chair, it's, 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 it's the person. Uh, he had returned to the meeting. He had, he had to disconnect and reconnect, so he's back online now. He's back online. Yes, Chair, I'm back. Yeah, Let's continue, Chair. If it's a bad one, we should continue, but uh, remember that we have also lost time. If you can uh, just uh, try and uh, move quicker on your presentation, because on the time we allocated, we're almost like three minutes left. Uh, okay. Members have had the opportunity of going through the presentation. Um, Honorable Fandam, this also covers the point we're raising. It doesn't help to submit questions. At least we have an opportunity to ask, and those can be answered. Uh, proceed, Mr. Ford, in the three minutes. Okay, thank you, Chair. Um, unfortunately, I am being plagued by technical difficulties. I've lost video. So, uh, with your permission, may I continue without uh, without projecting my 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 image? You are left with three minutes. Can you continue? Yes, yes, Chair. So, Chair, um, I'll, I, will, I will go as quickly as possible. So, in terms of the broadband uh, um, uh, um, initiatives for this, this year, what we are going to do is apply a new model, which is going to tie very, as closely as possible to, to the targets of SA Connect. Um, so, we're going to go for five-year um, for five years uh, connectivity and uh, look at look at extending it to the 10 years that the the deputy minister was was referring to we'll look at 25 megabit uh, megabits per second connectivity and 100 gigabytes of data uh, we also want to beef up our uh, um, our ability to advise the ministry um, and and we want to beef it up in two ways the first thing is we want to develop an ability to understand the market to be able to make sense of the market and through through uh, a, ge a geographical information system, 
um, because that will give us the best way of understanding what is where and what needs to go where and how it, it, it must go there. That uh, geographical information system will enable us to, to, to have a very good bird's eye view of what's happening and also to enable us to plan and strategize going forward. Um, we are also wanting to look at research into alternative uh, 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 technologies so that um, if, if something does become available that we can, we can utilize, then uh, it is something that we could put forward uh, into, uh, to utilize uh, to, to create uh, universal access. Um, the last point that I will make uh, in, in this respect is uh, the initiatives under, under COVID-19. Um, we are working very closely with the department to look at providing uh, IDTVs to uh, grade 12s uh, from indigent households. And, and the rationale behind that is that um, for, because of the, 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 closure, the closure of the schools, um, and and the um, um, the indigent the matriculants the gratuals from the indigent households being the most vulnerable of, of all the matriculants, it, it would be fairly devastating for them to lose the opportunity of of uh, completing the 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 uh, most critical um, year this year. So that's an initiative that that uh, we've been working on um, with uh, the department. Um, I think, I think, uh, Chair, uh, given the, the, the difficulties that, that we've had with, uh, with, with the technology, I think let me stop there so that uh, we, can, we can deal with uh, questions, Chair, at your, at your pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Ford. Um, just make sure uh, next time, because it may not be just this committee, uh, that there's an expectation uh, that the decorum of uh, Parliament is kept in meetings. Uh, it may be that you are working from home, but uh, taking a call in the course of a presentation uh, really does not uh, uh, get to be taken well by us as the committee in terms of uh, seriousness of the work we do. We just hope that will not uh, uh, happen again. I think it's it's important that we make that point. Uh, in that score, honorable members, I will now take hands uh, for those members who would want to uh, get into an engagement with the with Usasa and yourself. Uh, I do note that uh, Honorable Fandam has raised a hand. May I just take other names in this first round of questions? May I just take uh, names in this first round of questions? I have Honorable Fandam. Honorable Fandam is one. Is it Fagu? Is that Honorable Fago? Any other member would want to speak? Just raise your hand. Okay, I'll take Fandam and Fago uh, for the first round of questions. Honorable Fandam. Thanks, Chair. Here's 
my issue. It's all very well and good that you're going to go give out all those set-top boxes. Um, it's lovely. But the thing is, part of your other mandate is to look at a new model for digital migration. Now, given that since the beginning of the digital migration process, technology has moved on, won't you now again have to start a new process? I know those set-top boxes cost, what, a billion? And they've been costing you millions to, what was the number? I think it was like 56 million to store per year. So won't that now be down the line be wasteful expenditure? Because the process has dragged on for so long. Um, how are you going to rationalize that, given that so much money will be spent on a process that you might actually have to start afresh? And on broadband connectivity, I think this is the time where it shows how government has actually failed South Africa. Because this should be a time, like in other countries, where being in lockdown shouldn't be that much of a problem. Because people have access, easy access to internet, matric learners and indigent households can access online, you know, life would be so much easier. So in the short term, what are you going to do to make sure that for the duration of the lockdown, for however long it lasts, that people have better access to the Internet? Because I think they've been seriously let down. So those two questions. You're beginning the process afresh. What, how far are you into that process? What does the research look like? Um, and if you could give us a total figure of procurement of a set of boxes, storage, what does the figure look like to date? Or, or what will it look like in, until March next year, which is when you've set the deadline to hand out all those set top boxes? And wh what, if you are in that stage of the pr process, what do you envisage that the new broadband, that new digital migration process will cost? Honorable Fago. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, let me welcome the presentation. Chairperson, uh, first of all, let me just say that we're happy that um, finally there's a process plan that is in place uh, for the installation of the set of boxes. We appreciate that a lot. You know, our people have been waiting for this for a long time, but we must also appreciate for those that have already been, been installed. But also, I just want to check, when is the service level agreement going to be finalized between Centec and the project manager in Nisasa? My second point will be also that, um, what about us people that are not subsidized? Can't we use maybe the antenna a process to make sure that I can go to any store and buy this and install in my uh, in my TV so that it's easy for me to migrate. I wanted to ask those two questions, Chair. Thanks. Any other member that I may have left out in this uh, first round of questions? Okay, no indication on the system, so I will then as for responses in that regard. Uh, thank you, Honourable Chair. Um, Honourable yes, Chair, first, um, I wish to apologise for taking the call, uh, and, and there's no excuses. 
so uh, I, I and I will not do it again. Um, with respect to the questions that Honorable Van Dam asked, um, the set-top boxes, uh, the priority is to clear the, the, the set-top boxes um, in the uh, SAPA warehouses uh, this particular year. There is a new model that has been uh, approved for, um, for uh, migrating the rest of the, uh, the indigent uh, uh, households uh, to, uh, to, to the digital um, age. And that that uh, um, model um, works around the uh, um, the vouchers, uh, voucher system uh, that can be extended to uh, to IDTVs. Um, with respect to the total figure for the storage uh, procurement cost, uh, etc., uh, may I please uh, request that uh, we can we can give that to you in writing because there's a number of uh, uh, figures that are associated with that, and I don't want to. To give a wrong figure, uh, except to say that the the storage costs uh, are not not 50, 50 odd million or fifty six million as as the honourable member uh, uh, stated. It's it's around the five million uh, um, um, a mark. So, and then um, with respect to uh, the question around uh, the the unsubsidised people, I think. That also talks to uh, the question that that Honourable um, Van Dam asked about the new model. So, and and I'll I'll answer the the two questions in in, in one. Um, earlier this year, um, our minister uh, met with uh, the OEMs, and the department has also uh, um, looked at the the set of boxes. And what what they discovered was the, the set of boxes uh, that that uh, we previously had specified were overspecified in the sense that they had a lot of uh, um, comp uh, not components functionality that was not really necessary, and that resulted in, in the cost of the setup boxes being uh, significantly higher than what it should be. So, in respecting uh, and and downgrading the specifications of the the the, the setup boxes. It brings the price of the set-top box down to around the, the 250, uh, 250 uh, rand level. So, for the people who aren't subsidised, and, and the people who, who aren't subsidised but have an analog uh, um, uh, television, there will be an option uh, to to buy the the cheaper set-top box in in at the retail level. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, Honourable Fakhtu also mentioned that for people, what happens with people who just need the aerial? And, and she's 100% correct there because the, the televisions, the newer televisions that, 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 uh, that are sold, and these have been sold for the past five or six years, they already have a DVB-T2 tuner in there. But that DVB-T2 DVB-T2 tuner can only function with uh, 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 this, this aerial that is required to receive the DTT signal. So we are, we are also going to uh, ask the OEMs um, to make those, uh, those aerials available. And currently, the, the people that supply the aerials in, in South Africa uh, are Eddie's. So we will we will have discussions with them to also make those aerials um, available.
available at retail level. Um, they shouldn't be so expensive. Um, so if you've already got a, 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 um, a digital, so-called digital TV, one that has got a DVD T2 tuner, all you have to do is go and get that uh, uh, that that aerial and and connect it uh, to to your TV, and you'll be able to receive the DTT signal. Unfortunately, on the on the DTH side, um, we you you can't really get away from having a dish and having a dish installed, and then having it uh, the in uh, the the uh, the connection between the dish. And, and, and the DTH setup box, because the DTH setup box is slightly different from the DTT setup box. So unfortunately, you can't get away too much from that. And our understanding is that because uh, um, the Centec uh, DTT signal covers around 80 uh, odd percent of the country, it should be then be a fairly uh, small minority of people who, who require uh, um, the, 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 the DTH um, uh, um, set-top box and the DTH kit. And unfortunately also that, the, the DTH kit, you definitely need an installer because the dish has to be installed uh, mainly on the, on the rooftop. It can be installed on a pole, but uh, uh, it's generally uh, uh, installed on the rooftop. And, it's 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 not that easy. It put it let me put it this way: it's not it's not easy for a, a homeowner, uh, um, and 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 it's especially difficult for somebody who does not have the right amount of tools or the right type of tools to install that. So, coming to um, oh yes, and 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 that just uh, I, and I said this before, but if we, if I please just to answer the, the total cost of storage and procurement costs in, in, in writing from uh, uh, a response in writing. Uh, the second question with respect to Honourable Mfaku, um, the SLA with Centec, uh, we, we are currently working on it uh, and, and together with Centec uh, we have targeted uh, the date of the 29th of May, but it should be noted that uh, um, we still require uh, um, a, a deviation to be approved by National uh, Treasury in order to, to finalise the, uh, the SLA. And just for some detail on the SLA, which, which um, uh, I did, didn't get a chance to go to through in the main presentation, but it, it will essentially cover the project management of the, 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 the entire installation. So it's appointing the installers, um, managing the installers, Making sure that the, 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 the quality assurance is done properly on, on, on all the installations before we, we actually pay the installers because we've had problems in the past before where the installers were, were paid and, and it turned out that the installation was actually not very good and it didn't work. So, so that, that particular process is quite important. And also, as part of the SLA with Centec, we will be requiring that that there is post-installation support. And that particular component is also very, very important because sometimes uh, um, when, when people have, uh, have these things installed, what happens is something goes wrong, they press the wrong button or something like that, and then what do they do? And, and the idea is that, that we can have some kind of uh, a call center and we will look at how, how uh, the cost can be managed for that. 
for that that call center in terms of the cost to to uh, the beneficiary, uh, and um, we can then help uh, the beneficiary to get back on track as quickly as possible. Thank you, Chair. Chair, yeah. just uh, sure. Yes, dear. Just, just a quick response on what uh, Honourable Fandama raised, especially on the department not responding to parliamentary questions. I think that will will make a follow up on that and make sure that that is taken care of. Um, um, I I hope the DG is also noting it. Um, just on storage, we we spending 5.1 million, like I said yesterday, uh, on monthly basis to suffer, which is about around 60 million rand uh, per annum. So the reason why we want Centec uh, to move swiftly on this thing is because of their capacity, and that's why the SLA. But um, the acting minister in line with the spirit of yesterday's meeting of meeting the boards of SAPO and Postbank. He's also prioritizing Centec and USASA just to make sure that certain things are taken care of. Um, thank you, Chair. Uh, on the second round of uh, questions, uh, I think members will also look at the time. I'm now taking the second round of questions before we can make a summary of uh, discussions. Can I just take hands now? Uh, which members would want to still come back and ask questions or make necessary comments? Can I get an indication, honorable members? Uh, on the participant system, I don't see anybody. Is that Honorable Kubega? Is that Honorable Kubega? Uh, yeah, yes, Chair. Okay, I'm Even noting you. Now, yeah, okay. I'm noting you so that you can also work on the connection in the meantime. Con Honorable Kubega? Any other member? Chair, can you note me? Honorable Faku. Can I start since Honorable Kubeka has technical problems? No, I just want to check first uh, because this is the second round of uh, questions and we'll try to summarize towards nine. Uh, is there any other member that I may be leaving out, Honorable uh, members? Then if not, uh, then we'll take these ones as uh, uh, the hands for now. Honorable Kubeka, are you back now on connection? Chair, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Now I don't know what is happening with my video now, uh, 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 the camera. Yeah, just keep it uh, on. Uh, maybe ICT people will also look at that. Uh, but just keep it on uh, as you speak. Okay. I think it should be, yeah. Okay, thank you, Chair. Uh, I, I just having a, a question here based on the issue of the set-top boxes, Chair. 
I would like just to, to know from uh, 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 the caretaker to say, on the issue of set-top boxes that are not uh, uh, working, since well they have made that uh, project in, in is it Ma, mama mama fubedu uh, 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 in senegal as they were presenting is there any plan maybe of attending those set of boxes or are they going to leave just uh, those uh, set of boxes as they are giving the community the frustration there or are they having the plans to assist uh, 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 those communities that they have already be installed uh, on the issue of set of boxes? And also, what I would like to understand, as he was presenting, he showed us uh, the, 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 the three-quarter plan uh, in order to install these other ones as they have put it uh, of eight, 800,000. Is it possible to complete those uh, 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 set-top boxes for, for, for those three uh, uh, quarterly plans, or they are just uh, estimating to say, are they going to, 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 to complete in, the, in those three quarter plans that they have uh, 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 put it in, the, in the plan? So also what is their plan while there is so much uh, money that uh, the support is pay is uh, is being paid on the issue of storing those set of boxes thank you chair honorable faku chairperson i just want to make some comments to say to the administrators we understand that the time they have been given like they only started i think last year in november december i'm not sure there's a lot of work that needs to be done there's a lot of targets that are they are behind with but what is important they need to understand we can't spend five million on a monthly basis we can't spend so much money on a monthly basis to pay for set-top boxes. The time frames that have been put to install those uh, set-top boxes must be followed thoroughly. We don't want any excuses when we come back. We understand uh, because there's the COVID-19 challenge that is there. Those reports must come to us. We need to be given a monthly, monthly update on these issues or the department must be given monthly because really we can't spend so much money just that money can be used for something else chair thanks but we appreciate the work that has been done and we're here to support them and we appreciate the honesty as well thanks okay thanks honorable faku uh, in the absence of uh, other members who would have uh, indicated if they want to speak or not. I think as uh, as you prepare the response, uh, uh, DM and, 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 and Mr. Ford from USASA, uh, just also try and clarify members uh, in terms of indigent families. What database do you use? Is it social development? Is it uh, the education department? Because then uh, there was a talk about schools having closed and 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 so on. This this is in relation to ITTVs. So if you can then uh, uh, address that that point. But what is also not coming out clear, it's in relation to 
Percentech uh, situation. Previously in the portfolio committee, an impression was created that an MOU at that time, there was no reference to SLA uh, because it was more just a memorandum of understanding between the entities of the state uh, on Centec on project managing this. Uh, and the understanding was that therefore, the timelines presented to us as the committee were gonna be implemented. Uh, and, and clearly the target was that by end of this year, would have seen uh, uh, quite uh, progress. So moving it further, uh, in our view, delays uh, uh, this TTT thing that has been on the cards uh, forever. So I'm, I'm, I'm just asking that question because I think the committee needs to know uh, it's not enough to say there's still a discussion between Centec and, uh, and, and, and USASA. Uh, as well, probably as the post, uh, the, the the post office that keeps uh, this set of boxes. So we need to know what could be the problem. Let's leave the national treasure. I think it's another leg, but just between those that must help us deliver uh, on 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 this uh, connectivity issue that we're dealing with. What is the problem, uh, and how that problem is resolved? This doesn't undermine DM. Uh, what you've raised, that the acting minister is also trying to intervene. So so I'm raising the question because when you briefed us on the COVID-19, we made it clear that we do not want to be a committee that's counted as part of the statistics, that we dealt with an item of TTT just like it has happened before and nothing happened after all. So we'd want to keep our eye on that uh, so that uh, when the department comes back next week, uh, there's a sense also of how the governance of this uh, program uh, is, is, is handled uh, so that it helps us to do proper oversight as the committee and that we can keep you to your timelines. But I can tell you that from the timelines we're given as a committee, uh, it's clear that if you can push things forward, uh, we are now going outside uh, of those uh, uh, timelines. So uh, I'm not making a summary yet, but I'm just saying as you respond, uh, please build those uh, into into the answers that you are giving. Over to you. Maybe let me just take a few things and the administrator will come into others. I think um, the biggest delay was on the appointment of installers because the setter boxes are available. We need to clear the consignment that is there. And from last year until today, it's about 72 million rand that we have lost on uh, storage because we have not moved on installations. That's why we're saying Centec, because you have the technical capacity of dealing with some of these things. You guys have to come on board and deal with this uh, issue and assist the ministry in making sure that that happens. So, and, and I agree with the committee that we really have to move with speed. And we have been saying Centec, Centec. Um, that's why we're saying by next week, by next week, and the DG is listening, two outstanding meetings, one of which 
is this one with with Centec to to see what interventions can be made because the reality is that the set of boxes may become obsolete most of them if we don't act that's one on the the other issues that we we also are looking very closely especially from what honorable kubeka said mama mama fubedu which is also called petrus thing it's the area where the set of boxes have problems and those people can watch television. But there are also two areas where uh, in, in, in the free state where the signal is a problem completely, and that's Peru and Rosenda. So we are inundated with some of these things, and, and I think some of these things is because Centex uh, switched off and all those things. So we still need to meet with Centex, and that's why we're saying um, can we have that meeting happening so that they can deal swiftly with with uh, some of those things? So, so yeah. Uh, let me leave the issues of IDTVs on who identifies the indigent uh, to the administrator and all other things. Thank you, Mr. Ford. Can we hear uh, us now? Thank you. Yes, Honourable Chairman, um, I, I can I can hear you uh, fine. Yes. Okay, um, Honourable Kubeka's questions uh, in terms of the set-top boxes not working. There is in in our agreement with uh, SAPA, there is a process whereby uh, um, the boxes can be taken back to uh, to to SAPO and um, exchanged for for one that 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 is working. But what? Okay, so although that process exists, it underlines it underlines the importance of that uh, uh, call center that I was talking about, the post installation uh, uh, support. Sometimes it, it it may not necessarily be a technical problem that is causing the the set top box not to work. It, it may be that 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 a button was inadvertently pressed incorrectly or something like that, and that's where uh, um, that that post installation uh, call center will definitely help to to uh, to uh, um, resolve that. And in the event that they cannot uh, uh, resolve it through the call center, it's then easy to say to uh, to the person, "Look, take it back to SAPA. SAPA SAPA will exchange it. We then liaise with, uh, uh, or we then ensure that we liaise with SAPA so that they know that this box is coming back." We verified that it's not working, so that there's no delay uh, to to the person, and and they can just swap it out for a, a, another set top box. And when that happens, uh, there's no installation that's required because all it is is, is a plug and play uh, um, um, process. The second question was: Is it possible to complete the the 860,000? And and the answer is 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 uh, uh, yes. And, and let me explain why. So there's two key components to to making sure that 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 we we can install these uh, these set top boxes in the timeframe that, that that we've indicated. The first thing is that um, we need to accelerate uh, the registrations. Currently, and over the past five years, uh, um, SAPO has has registered uh, um, one million. Um, um, 
beneficiaries. And the reason why that's happened, it's, it's no fault of SAFOs that that's happened. But the primary reason why that's happened is because it's, it's a fairly reactive process, meaning that um, the department advertises it and, 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 and uh, um, tells people that they must go register at, at, uh, at the post office. But the problem is that it, it happens on a random basis. So in other words, you don't know when, when, who is going to register where. And, and the consequence of that is that your installations become, uh, um, you know, one here, one there, one somewhere else. And, and, and what, you know, it, it, what, we, what we are trying to do now is we are trying to, to go into a process whereby the, the uh, beneficiaries are proactively registered. And when that happens, you then have an ability to take areas where, uh, where, where people have been identified as qualifying for uh, uh, um, set-top boxes, and then you go install in a big area in a big way. That also has an impact on, on installation costs. Part of the reason why the installation costs were, were, were quite high previously is because an installer will have to go uh, at somewhere, and then the next installation is 10 or 15 kilometers away. So then the installer then has an issue with time and cost, and the cost is in relation to, to, to the petrol. But if we cluster it, so in other words, if we make it such that people in an area all get installed at the same time, that two things happen. The first thing is that it happens quickly, and the second thing is that we can look at reducing the cost because the installer now does not have to travel 10 kilometers somewhere install it and then travel another 10 kilometers back to install somebody's neighbor two days later. So the clustering is, is, the, is, is one of the very important components to, to making this installation work. The second thing is that if, if and, and, and the way that we are planning to do this is that we want to uh, uh, do the installations in such a way that it runs ahead of the, the, the planned analog switch off. And what I mean is that the department has got a schedule of, of areas that it is planning to do analog switch off. What we need to do is we need to make sure that we run ahead of that, that, that particular program. And the way that we do it is that we coordinate between what the department is, is, is planning to do in terms of switch off, and we run a month or or, or a few weeks ahead of that, we, we migrate all those people and then the switch off happens and we move and so on. Now, why I'm why positive that, that we can do this is because of two things. The first thing is that once we go through the learning curve, so in other words, once we make sure that we, we know how to install, how to cluster, how to register people, and, and we work out all the kinks in the system, then that enables us to now go wide. So in other words, we can scale this model up to a point where uh, we can start installing up to, to one and a half thousand uh, uh, set-up boxes a day. So part of the, the SLA that, that we, we, we are going to have with Centec uh, is that we know that there are installers who, who have been trained, but they have not been registered or not been accredited, sorry, they have not been accredited for whatever reason. 
those those people tend to be the local the local installers. And if we can have a system whereby we ensure that 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 these people actually know what they are doing, they're properly trained, we register them, we accredit them. Now suddenly we have an ability to take or to increase the local installer base tenfold or fifteenfold or twentyfold. And that 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 increase enables us then to accelerate the program in a big way. And that by doing that, we scale up the model and we can we can then install all of these uh, set-up boxes. Now, with respect to SAFA, uh, 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 um, we, we are currently working quite closely uh, uh, with SAFA in, in terms of how do we deal with uh, um, the, uh, the, the, the process of, of set-up boxes that aren't, that aren't working. We have a system in place that, that, that uh, that, that can uh, can deal with that. Um, in terms of the warehouses, which was the uh, the the question or rather the comment that Honourable Fakhri mentioned, I I agree. And 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 you know we should not be we should not be spending this amount of money to store set-up boxes. Unfortunately, the 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 problem with with the storage of set-top boxes is that A, it has to be in a secure environment. So, um, you know, because of the value of the set-top boxes. So we can't just uh, have, have um, ch uh, cheap and secured warehouses that, that are not weatherproof. And that's where the, 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 the cost um, um, comes in. But I, I, I agree. And, and I don't want to come back next year with any excuses. I would rather come back next year and, 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 and say to you, we've done it. Um, and, and I would love to be able to, to, uh, uh, to do that. In terms of the monthly progress reports, uh, it, it is something that we ourselves will, uh, will require. And it, it is something that we ourselves will, will ensure that, that uh, uh, the, the targets that, that have been set and, and those targets that you, you, you may have seen in the um, in, in the USAF uh, presentation, that in quarter two we're looking at 250,000 uh, um, units installed. In quarter three, 260,000, and in, in quarter four, 350,000, which roughly breaks down to about one and a half thousand a day. And I think it's doable. Um, with respect to the database, um, that was a question from uh, the honourable chairperson. Um, the way that the, the, the SAFO uh, database works is that it connects to the SASA database. It also connects to, uh, to other databases, other databases to verify that, that uh, the, the person who is applying is A, a South African citizen, B, that they, they are earning below a certain uh, level um, per, per the household. Um, and it also verifies that that uh, the ID number is, is correct and the, the the address is correct, and that is that is how they, they determine uh, um, whether or not uh, it's it's an indigent uh, household. With regard to um, uh, the MOU, the MOU itself uh, is not something that that we that that you can hold a, a party accountable to. The MOU, the MOU will give us an understanding of how we are going to cooperate. 
what we really need in place is a service level agreement. And that service level agreement will be very clear. This is your role. This is your responsibility. This is what you need to deliver. These are the these are the the the, the uh, penalties if you do not deliver on that. These are the remedies. In other words, how do we if if for example there's non-performance, how do we deal with that? So so an SLA will have all of those things in, and an SLA is enforceable. An MOU uh, is not is not enforceable. Um, the last item, uh, uh, chair. Um, with regards to the IDT uh, database, um, this is where there is going to be a lot of cooperation that is required uh, between um, ourselves, our department, the DCDT department, and the Department of Basic Education. So the Department of Basic Education, um, we should be able to get a list of uh, um, um, uh, grade 12. Uh, from indigent households um, uh, from them. And that, that is something, this is actually a work in progress. So the, 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 rigid, the initial plan is that we, we, we place reliance on, on uh, our fellow department, the, the Department of Basic Education, so that we, can, we are able to get that information from them. We will then take that, that information Put it into uh, um, uh, the the SAPO database, where wherein uh, the verification process will take place. So the verification process will be okay. So so these are the these are the households that the uh, that the matriculant um, uh, belongs to. Do they qualify? Don't they qualify? If they qualify, then um, do they have a, a set up box already? If they already have a set up box. Then they would not qualify for uh, for for the IDTV. If they do not have a set-top box, but they have a, uh, a TV, then then at that particular point, um, I think a decision has to be made as to whether or not they they should just get a set-top box. If they do not have a, a set-top box, nor do they have a TV, then then the answer is that that they would they would uh, qualify for um, uh, for 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 the IDTV and. Chair, just uh, 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 by way of um, a little bit of background, the IDTV is 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 will be a fairly uh, a simple TV. It's not going to be the so-called smart TVs. It it'll just be a, a 32-inch LED with uh, with a DVD-T uh, uh, T2 tuner in there, and 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 it will be packaged together with uh, um, a DTT uh, antenna for areas where uh, there is a DTT signal. For areas where there is no DTT signal, we will have to draw into into our uh, stock of uh, uh, DTH uh, decoders and DTH kits, meaning that they will also get a DTH uh, uh, decoder together with uh, um, uh, uh, the, the the dish. Um, Chair, I think I've covered everything, so um, let me stop right there and, and say thank you. Okay, thank you, uh, Mr. Ford. Uh, I'm sure, honourable members, your questions would have been answered, uh, and that uh, we'll still be able to take some of the matters when the department uh, presents uh, its APP, in particular the governance around uh, TTT. Uh, we'll still have to 
uh, talk to that. Uh, at least we'll discuss that having probably an update on the meetings that the DM would have uh, referred to. Uh, so in that score, uh, we have a sense of where we are going. But I think the committee is quite clear, DM and the team, uh, that would want to see faster implementation. We can discuss set-top boxes forever, um, especially when there have been resources allocated and a schedule that is clear on when what gets uh, uh, implemented. So I think it's important to to emphasize that point. Uh, in particular, the part about Centec uh, and and ensuring that uh, we we have this set of boxes. We know that it's also related to the spectrum uh, discussion that's happening. That should help connectivity in those uh, in those areas to be to be strengthened, as as members would have said. So I think uh, uh, take that. We appreciate the presentation, but I think we still need to do more, especially in fast tracking the implementation uh, side of things. Uh, I think with that, uh, uh, maybe just one issue to to emphasize uh, with regard to what we said, in particular on behalf of the committee, uh, it was just to make sure that our meetings proceed. Uh, properly, and I take it that uh, it has been understood as such that we gave go ahead that uh, presentation should happen whilst ICT resolves the problems. We'll also appeal to ICT once again that uh, please help the meetings to to be smooth um, in terms of connectivity uh, and that people could be helped on time. Uh, the time, uh, honorable members, is nine o'clock. Uh, and that takes us to the end of uh, the meeting, and this meeting stays at end. Thanks for everyone who has participated. Uh, thank you, honorable members. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Chair. Good night, Chair. Good night, Chair. Good night. Bye-bye, Makozoka.